a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. your continued support of our sponsors we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads click that amazon banner on pole mx to help us out and donate via patreon if it suits you and as always enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us original moto podcast featuring legends of the past stars of today season previews and race reviews introspection opinion facts and laughs here's your host steve mathis welcome everybody to the fly racing racer x podcast with beaker chris onstott of the family agency uh been around a long time this guy he's a good friend of mine he worked at fox forever and uh his interesting backstory man to how he got involved in the industry is is great it's fantastic and the fact that we just did this is amazing it's two hours uh, over two hours but man there's some really good stuff in there we still need to do a part two so i want to thank beaks for uh, finding the time to do this explaining why he left fox uh what's next for him how he got started in the industry and everything else it's uh it's really good good show fly racing flyracing.com please check him out on the web from the fr5 boots to the formula helmet to the uh kinetic mesh gear whatever it is fly racing will have you covered they, got, they revamped their goggle line as well last year they got a bunch of different gloves uh including the media glove which is my favorite to ride and mountain bike in the media glove so please check that out uh and uh the fr5 boot man if you're in the in the uh in the market for like a mid-level boot they've they introduced this last year and it works well. Thank you, uh, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Go to your dealer, demand to see Fly Racing stuff, and uh, pound the counter until you can see it. Thank you, Fly Racing. Max's Tires, MXST, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, used by AJ Cantanzaro. Great uh, intermediate terrain tires, uh, all sizes available, light trucks as well, ty- uh, mountain bikes. Their, uh, their line of mountain bike tires are simply phenomenal. Simply uh, just Google it, everybody. You'll find out. Thank you, Alpine Stars as well. The Tech 7 is the boot of choice for myself. Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. You can see it on the feet of Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, Justin Barsha, just to name a few. Bionic Neck support system from the folks at Alpine Stars as well. The A1 chest protector, the A4. Uh, a lot of guys that run their underprotectors that aren't even sponsored by them. They're that good. So thanks to Alpine Stars for coming on this podcast, Maxis, and, of course, the folks at Fly Racing. And thanks to uh, Chris Onstad as well for taking the time to do this. I really, really think you guys will enjoy this. So thanks uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. On with the show. And now, as I said in the intro, it's taken a long, long time, but I'm happy to finally get this Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars, finally getting it done with this guy, uh, a guy I've known for a long time in the industry, a person I consider my friend, and uh, really happy to get his story down here for, for everybody and what an interesting one it is. Chris Onstott, a.k.a. Beaker. What's up, Beaks? How are you? Hey, hey, Steve. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, Dude. It's been years, years in the making. <laughs> not, only, <laughs> not only years, but uh, the last three weeks, just I was sick. Your daughter got sick. Something like just we just cannot connect. 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, we both have some busy lives, and yeah. So, but finally, we're doing it, and um, I'm looking forward to talking to you and talking about things that happened in the past. Yeah, and, lots to talk about yeah. with you. You've you've been around uh, iconic racers and uh, done a lot in the industry, and uh, these are some of my favorite ones that I do with people that aren't racers, you know, but but are around the racers and around the scene. And there's certainly uh, um, lots of lots to talk to you about. Um, so you're at Fox Racing for a long time. We'll get into your your um, agent move uh, that was, you know, what, uh, six months, eight months? Uh, recently? Yeah, like the other one. The No, the the, 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 the – Oh, the other one. Uh, I think I was there for about almost a year and a half. Oh, okay, all right. Um, we'll yeah. get, we'll, basically, though, you've been at Fox Racing for a long, long time. And yeah, since uh, – I mean, I started in – October of 2004. Right. Um, and it's outside of the year and a half where you were an agent. Um, yep. So you recently left. Uh, you're working again back with Steve Astafan at the family agency. Um, that's a big move. You did it, you know, obviously like you did it for that year and a half, but this one might be a little bit more permanent. What was the decision behind that for you? What what kind of thought went into, into doing it again? Um, you know, like even, I mean, just to – my pro- my thought process when I left Wasserman to go back to Fox, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, what, you know, the company was going through uh, a transition. It had just been sold. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Fox was part of the group that bought it back. Um, he approached me, um, you know, about coming back to oversee all sports marketing. So that would have been surf, mountain bike, mm-hmm. moto, BMX, and and wake and that was really exciting to me and before i'd left fox for the wasserman thing um i'd had a meeting with my boss at the time jim uh, Jim Manfuso and pete fox and they were like hey like you know you've been here almost 10 years and like what would what would your like you know what's your goals what do you want to do next and i told and and i told him i said that would be like like a dream scenario for me um so when Pete hit, you know, hit me up to, to come back, you know, I gave it some thoughts. I, I talked to my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually talked to Steve Astafin about it. And, um, I, and I had a, a lot of, I probably talked to too many people cause everyone had a, a different opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here I am, I'm kind of lost at, at Wasserman. Um, and just, you know, things were happening that like I, was struggling with some stuff mentally, like I, I just wasn't in the right headspace, mm-hmm. and maybe I was looking for an excuse to leave too, you know. Um, and you know, and, and to be honest, Steve and my wife are the only ones that were like, "You need to give it more time. It, it's a process. You got to be patient with it." Right. And you know, and at the time, I was working with Zach Osborne, R.J. Hampshire, mm-hmm. Caleb Russell. Like, that's pretty bad dudes you know and you know so anyways um i decided to go the fox route but my 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 process my thought process was too that like i was always going to give the agency thing another try Mm -hmm. i knew that i knew that it was always going to be there for me um so i wanted to go back and and do this thing with fox and like to be honest with you like I had like a three to five year plan and I wanted to make connections in some of these other in industries and sports. And I, to be honest, like I was going to redo the agency thing, but most likely on my own. Okay. And was, 
and and the thought was like, okay, let's get a surfer, a mountain bike guy, a couple yeah. of moto dudes, and and go do it on my own. So you know, fast forward to today, um, I never expected Steve to leave Wasserman. Yeah, and, yeah, that was a big shock in the industry, like behind the scenes for sure. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and you know, and, and I've always been close with Steve, and you know, I've confided in him in some stuff, and like. He kind of knew where my headspace was at now, like, mm-hmm. you know, over the last year. And, you know, he, uh, he called me one day and he was like, Hey, like, you really, you really serious about leaving Fox? Cause I told him, I was like, dude, I, I, I think I'm going to do this on my own again. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I've been talking to a couple of riders and I was like, I think I'm just going to do this on my own. And he's like, dude, you're crazy. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, he, he'd call me and he's like, Hey, you really thinking about leaving? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really seriously considering it. And he's like, Oh, I think I might have something for you. And then, um, mm-hmm. the next day actually he texts me and he's like, Hey, are you, are you alone? And I'm like, and I was actually at Ken Roxon's house and I was like, so I jumped in the car and I like, called him and he, uh, he told me that he was leaving Wasserman and, um, he was restarting the family and you know, kind of, uh, which, which which was his agency before he went to Wasserman. Wasserman bought yeah, him, bought and, him you know, yeah. yeah, and you know some of the, the reasons why he was leaving and why he wanted to do it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is what I want to do. Like, he's like telling me this, you know, this process, and I'm like, I'm literally screaming inside my body, like, yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and he's and he's like, I want you to come with me. So I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and um, you know, he's like, and I want to make you a partner, and. You know, like yeah. to have, you know, you know, equity in the in the company, like it's ours. Yeah. Um, He's so a it's successful a, guy. He's a very successful guy in the industry. Very, for sure. like, yeah. I believe in him. Like, um, he, everything he's done has been successful, and you know, and 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 we're small, and you know, the mentorship that I'm getting from him, mm-hmm. like I know what I I know what I'm good at, and I know where my weaknesses are, and to have him to lean on to get me through some of these, some situations where like, I'm not that comfortable with. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, well, I, it's uh, yeah. so valuable to me. Well, this is, this is an interesting move for sure for you. And and let's, and let's be honest. I've known you for a long time. You're a really nice guy. You're the life of the party. Um, you know, you're a positive guy. I'm grouchy and yelling and screaming and got people don't like me. You know what I mean? And I'm fine with all of this. You, you know, and one of the reasons why you, you would, had difficulties the first time around was you you got to be a dick sometimes being an agent you got to be hard uh with either with your client or with somebody who's looking to hire your client and beaks that's not you that's not you you're you're beaks yeah um, you know, so you, I, you know this like, is this is the part where you got to get better at right and and that's why i have someone like steve to help yeah. mentor me through some of these situations yep. who's who's been through i mean he's got 20 oh, yeah. plus years of doing this yep. and he's worked with the highest profile clients in moto in in other spaces yeah. in skate and snow and surf and even outside the industry where like his connections to like you know outside industry uh companies like, yeah. like that that's huge for me to lean on him a little bit we're like okay steve like you know, I may not be have I may not have the, the Supercross champion right now, but like he's got connections where like he can help me like connect my guys mm-hmm. to some of these industries. So yeah, no, I I mean I you know you're a nice guy, you're you're you have integrity, you have honor, all of that stuff that you want as a, as a representative, but you got to get meaner beaks. 
You gonna get me here? <laughs> well, I, I know over time, like yes. that, that definitely is gonna happen. But I also think that, like, you know, I, I, I believe you can do this job and still be a good dude, yeah, and be a nice person. Uh, and, yeah, I believe too, absolutely. And yep. you know, there's definitely like situations that aren't easy to deal with, and right. um, uh, you know, and I, in the last couple of years I was at Fox, like I had to deal with some situations that weren't in my comfort zone mm-hmm. and i believe like that process uh of going back to fox and dealing with some of the stuff that i did with dealt with like has helped me for this transition so yeah yeah no yeah it's it's a it's a big jump for you um but but growing something of your own and having some equity in it and having some you know yeah. the success you have with steve you and him have together will grow the like that's something you're not going to get at Fox or, or you know, anywhere. No, no, you know? it's, you know, this is a, a I, I consider it a once, once in a lifetime opportunity mm-hmm. and um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess this up and I'm fully committed a hundred percent in, and um, like, I just, you know, the last few years I've been in this like thought process. Okay. What's next? Yeah. Um, I, I think like when I left Fox originally to go back or left Fox originally to go to Wasserman, like may I, to be honest, I wasn't ready. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed what I was doing at Fox. I was, you know, um, but you weren't doing the same job, right? You got a promotion going back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I've I've grown the whole time I've been there. Um, but you know, like I really was connected to my, my team. Mm -hmm. I was really connected to the people that I worked with and like, it was a pretty abrasive just, okay, it's, I'm leaving. You know, I guess that's <laughs> what happens when you quit. Like, yeah. it just, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't think I was in the right headspace. Um, I wasn't ready. Yeah. Um, I, got, I still love being with the dudes. I still love traveling, going to the races. I still love being part of their program. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I wasn't ready for like the, the the switch in the industry like i right. wasn't like i mean i was being i was paid to be everyone's best friend for 15 years and yeah and now i was an agent and um things were different and i wasn't ready for that being it being treated differently at the time um so that was just some of the stuff that i struggled with that at least you know now i had exposure i've had exposure to it so like it's not a shock to me anymore. Um, I yeah. realize it's just it's just business. Yep. You know, yep. like if someone yeah. doesn't hit you back, it's not, not that they do or don't yeah. want to talk to you. It's yeah. they don't have an answer. Like you know, I've I've done it. Yeah. Fox. Like, yeah. Not hit people back. So like, don't take it personal. Right. Um, you know, and right. it, it's just a process. So um, um, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. You know, next chapter good. for me at the family and working good. with Steve and some of the other people that he's going to bring on and. You know, and have exposure to some of these other industries that we're going to branch out into. When you left Fox, did you grab a goldfish and and a plant? And were you like, <laughs> no. "Who's with me? Who's with no, me?" No, no. <laughs> that's funny. That's what happened the first time. That was my going away gift. It was a goldfish. So like, oh, that's funny. That's um, not, I'm not going not going to make the same mistake twice. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, man. Uh, definitely. Like, I don't always agree with Steve Astafen's uh, ways of doing things, and him and I have butted heads over time. I have respect for him, though, and and it is just business. Uh, I don't know if there's a better guy to learn under, you know, um, that that's been through the ups and downs of everybody, uh, and and also has some outside the agency experience. Like, too many of our motocross guys, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, and I could be wrong. Too many of our motocross guys are just going around in the industry to the, to the guys that are all that we know, the beakers, 
of the of the of the gear companies and everything. Steve's got real expense and real reach outside of the moto companies, you know. So that's great. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. real positive uh, as yeah. far as as far as he, his experience goes. Um, hey, so I guess do you have a client? Do you, I think I know you have one client. Can we can we talk about that or not yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can talk about. It. I actually uh, we I haven't made any sort of announcements. Um, but yeah, this breaking news. Um, so, uh, I signed Chase Sexton yeah. or we signed Chase Sexton. Chase, yeah. Um, oh, great. Um, and good. you know, and I've, I, you know I've had a really mm-hmm. great kid, great family, um, uh, love him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, super, you know, talented. I, I believe he has a bright future and I'm just really excited to be part of his program and yeah. help where I can and just be a positive influence in his circle of trust. Sure. So, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah. no, yep. Yeah, uh, good, good guy. I think he's got his head on his shoulders straight. Um, you know, seems pretty realistic and everything I've ever dealt with him. He's been really professional, you know? So, um, yeah, that, that, that's good to, good to know Beaks. Um, is it fair to say Fox is obviously just an iconic company, just an iconic brand in the industry. Uh, and we'll get to some of the stories and everything else. Uh, Pete, Pete and the family are on the board, but they no longer run day-to-day things at Fox. Is it fair to say the company's changed? I don't want to say for the worse because that would that, that's that's a, a bad a bad word. <laughs> I won't say that either. <laughs> no, no, no. But but they've changed. They've changed. Fox has changed from from the Pete Fox creative director and and I want to talk to you about Pete in particular on this podcast because I have you know all the time in the world for Pete Fox but um they got to be a little bit more of a giant monolith I guess right than than they were when you started well I mean I think uh I think the sport is changing and a lot of these companies are changed as well like mm-hmm. you know Fox is the only company in this in this space that's owned by a private equity company yeah um but you know for for my experience over you know since it was bought by Altamont, Lab, I don't feel like they've they've uh, stepped into the business that much over the since they've owned the owned okay. the company. Yep. Um, you know, I think they've kind of been hands off. Like I'm sure on an exec level, um, I know that they're you know when they have their their board meetings, they're they're definitely mm-hmm. involved on in that part. But on the day to day stuff, um, I didn't really. feel feel that they were that um, you felt like they still had their soul i guess is what you know well i think i think the brands lost a lot of employees over the last you know five or six years and i think that's probably the biggest thing right um you know some of the people that would been there for 10 15 years aren't there anymore and i think that's that's more more of it than you know being right. being owned by a private equity sure um, sure but they still have a they still have a solid core uh, group of people that are very passionate about the sport, love the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, as I was transitioning out, I, I actually sent this a group of them. Like you know, as someone that's been there for almost fifteen years, I was like, I'm really excited to see what this next generation yeah um, is going to do. And uh, and I told them I'm I'm excited for you guys, and I can't wait to see what you guys produce. So. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of love for the brand. I will, I will always cherish my time there. I, dude, I met my wife at work. Yeah, yeah your wife works <laughs> for Fox works, still. She, yeah, still works. No, there. she left. Oh, she, she did. Left, oh, okay. Uh, years ago, yeah, I did not know this. Now she's, okay. yeah, now she's at Billabong, right? Pretty much running the men's business over there. But right. like, it's always going to be special to me. You yeah, know? like the, all it, the things that I got to experience. You know, while I was with the brand, like, dude, it's iconic. It was, it's uh, iconic. That's it. That's all. That's, yeah, that's all you got. Yeah. You okay. know? yeah truly blessed to 
have those memories and experiences that I that I that I've had. Like, um, Pete. Pete Fox, obviously, uh, still around. Saw him at Indiana. Uh, I've done a couple of podcasts with him that are just just amazing. The the the, the designs he's created, the riders he signed, the growth of the company with him and his brothers, uh, phenomenal. Um, what about Pete Fox? Well, let's just talk about Pete and, and just everything that that guy has touched. Not everything has turned to gold. Actually, let's not say that, but. Most of it has, um, and the guy is just—he's a legend in the industry. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. With you, um, <laughs> to what was he like, though? Like, I—I I always felt like I don't really know him. He's very quiet. He's reserved. I felt like him and I got along well, but I don't really know him. I still don't feel like I really know him. What's he like? Uh, you know, like so uh, from the Fox family, Pete was the one I was closest to, and I mm-hmm. think that's you know that had to do with. You know, when they brought me back on in late 04, I was my sole job was to take care of James Stewart. And Pete and James were super close. So yep. my connection automatically was Pete because he always wanted to know what's going on with James. So right. like that's who I, I my relationship was really strong with Pete. Um, you know, not to say that I wasn't close with Greg and Scrap and yep. and Jeff, but like my day to day was always Pete and he, you know, he was very interested and wanted to know what was going on with James all the time. Um, so, you know, Pete, Pete and I have been, been always very close and, um, he's always treated me really good. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like just little things like on my birthday, there would be like a present would show up from him, you know, like he yeah. was like always very special. I I had lost my dad when, when I, when I was at Fox and like, you know, the things that he, he did through that, that period for me like like was you know more than he wasn't just a boss you yeah know? yeah like he was, yeah you know he was at my wedding um he was you know my wife worked for him on the, on the product side and you know he's always been really really good to me even you know now you know i still go to lunch with him i still talk with him mm-hmm. um he's a just a really great guy very creative um um and yeah like just the 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 stories he's got the designs he's done just oh man and just like i almost say i guess you got to say lucky like just like through the years of like you know landing the right athlete the product Mm -hmm. um, the marketing like i mean they just man 20 years or longer of just crushing it like, right just right, right no one no one in their in his league or in their league the team that he put together like just i'm gonna just incredible i'm gonna put zebra stripes on the back of these pants you know like <laughs> yeah. I, i'm gonna build this roost too with with netting and you know shoulder nets and just like and how bitching was that stuff You're like, oh <laughs> god i'm gonna put rj in one red and one blue you know sleeve and pant like what yeah, stuff like and, that, and you know, at the at the time, you know, everyone was doing solids, and yeah, it was tied back to the manufacturer, and and here he comes and just changes the game, and yeah, you know, he's he's done that his entire career, yeah, you know? and like Absolutely. listening to the story of like this the zebra print, you know, where like he comes up with a design, his dad and his brother says he's crazy, <laughs> he goes and gets RJ involved, and RJ's like, I want to wear it, yeah. It, you know, and the next thing it's history. Like it's like the most iconic thing 
from a yeah. from a and, gear gear perspective that's ever hit our industry and, and and just multiple home runs all stuff designed by pete like and you look at the yogi henry earth tone stuff green and brown and rust colored you know that stuff was amazing when it came out um yeah. it wasn't those colors weren't used in moto you know no, um no. and and just yeah the, the innovations man uh yeah incredible just just amazing yeah. so uh, signing RJ when he was like 15, it was like down in San Diego, signing RJ to, out of Cinesalo deal. It's just like, <laughs> dude, that's crazy. And right? all because they thought Rick was cool. Like the dad was, uh, Jeff was just like, uh, you, you guys, Greg, Pete, you like, you like RJ? All right, go sign him. Go get him. <laughs> I, I think our industry needs to take the handcuffs off a little bit and go, get back to a little bit of just doing stuff because it's rad. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like a lot of things. I mean, even like when I came into the industry, like officially working in the industry in like the late nineties and two thousands. So so it was, man, it was like, everything was fun. Yeah. Um, going to the races were fun, but the going out after the races were fun. Like during the week were fun. Yeah. Not to say that like those guys weren't working hard and training and doing what they needed to do, but it was just a A different time. Yeah. Different time. Yeah. No, it absolutely was. Was, was working with Pete, like, would he have, Okay, data, you know, in a month of working with Pete, and maybe this is more when you first joined, you know, the stu, the stu years and all that. Um, would he have ten ideas a month, and eight of them were in, <laughs> when, and eight of them were insane? Like whatever number you want to put on them, were, were, was eighty percent of his ideas insane, and then the two that hit were amazing, or was it just stuff every single day that Pete would dream up and and let you see or, or get your feedback on? Well, you know, Pete, like. Uh, Pete's very, very creative and Pete's very intimidating as well. So like my early time at Fox, like I was just like, Oh my God, this guy's gnarly. And, uh, I just be like, didn't even want to like go up and talk to him in his office. But, right. um, but uh, no, he always had really great ideas. Yeah. Um, he just has a knack of like putting people in the right situations, um, mm-hmm. from, you know, from his staff to, to writers and product and he uh you know i don't think he ever makes a decision like on a whim yeah i think everything's very very thought out yeah and there's a reason behind everything we're doing mm-hmm. um so yeah he's and, he's got a ton of experience and his right? guy sto- signed rj when he was 15 years old like, Dude, i know <laughs> well or, or even like so and, and we'll get into this with you you know you're working you're 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 with chad reed at thor and and Chad's at the lowest point, you know, he basically quits Kawasaki or they fire him, whatever you want to say. Chad being Chad, who knows? Um, Pete signs the guy. This is the guy they've battled with Ricky and they've hated. You guys all hated him. Well, Fox, oh, yeah, Fox did, you know, and, 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 and then they sign Chad Reed. Like that just doesn't like things like that where you're just like, really? And, and, and Pete was like, yeah, like it was, I'm like, let, let me take this guy and let me see what we can do. And the, sh- the shift renaissance with chad was an incredible story again yeah yeah uh, yeah i don't know if you want to get into this right now but um so on on that that story i i remember it vividly you know because chad and i were really close like i literally was in his wedding next week i left thor and and started at fox and that like that dude his wedding was very awkward because i was leaving and going to work with james stewart and fox and like right was not stoked on me um you know, and I probably didn't handle that properly with him and 
vice versa mm-hmm. at the time. But anyway, so that when, and Chad and I kind of had a little bit of a rough patch those couple years I was with James and, and then when the Kawasaki thing happened and, you know, Steve had reached out to Pete and I about Chad and, you know, Pete and I were talking about it. Um, but I remember Steve and Chad, first time we met with them, they came to Morgan Hill and, and, um, yeah. The people that saw them in the building were like, what is he doing here? <laughs> Someone call security. Because, <laughs> you know, it was heated. Oh, they had, he yeah. had such a rivalry, a rivalry with, with Ricky and James. Like, yep. and, and, you know, the Fox staff employees, like, they are down 100% with our riders. Yeah, so, yeah. Every, everyone, there was not one person that didn't love James and not one person that didn't love Ricky. And then. There wasn't there wasn't anyone this, in there that this, like Chad. <laughs> this this asshole shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and and I remember I remember like, you know, it was it was us four and I believe our, our attorney at the time, um, Tim Naylor was in that meeting and we had a really good meeting. Yeah. It was honest and you know, like um I, I remember this funny thing is I remember Chad was a little bit out of shape at the time when he came in and <laughs> He's on his off season program. Yeah. Yeah, he was in his off season program. And you know, you know, Steve and Chad were telling us, like, hey, like, we're gonna get back to where he was and like he's super motivated. Um and you know, the yeah. you know, the two two motorsports thing was exciting to mm-hmm. see him put kind of put his money where his mouth was and you know, um and I just remember they left and the three of us were sitting there and probably we were probably the only three people in the, in the company that, that, that were like on board to bring Chad over. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, remember like some people that found out that he was there. I was like, no way are you signing? There's no way you guys are going to sign Chad. <laughs> you guys can't do that. You can't. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you can't do it. And, um, you know, and, and after that, like, you know, Chad and Pete started having a lot of conversations and, and, you know, like, Pete felt really good about like where Chad was at and liked the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Pete bought Chad his first Honda yeah. <laughs> to practice on. He didn't have a bike. Yeah. So Pete like got with Dave Dameron and Chaparral, got on the bike so he could start riding. And, you know, next thing you know, he got two, two motorsports. Um, super exciting for us to help with, um, you know, the, the look of the team and yeah. what was going on with shift. Yeah. Shift Chad was, shift was, I mean, we, they lost their way a little bit with Hepler and the Skulls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Chad, Chad was very involved with the look. Yeah. And, um, you know, he would come in and sit with David Durham, our designer, and they would, like, you know, bounce ideas off uh, each other. I mean, Chad, he's always been super involved with, like, his gear. Yeah. And, man, it was just a really fun time to, like, you know, you, I think – everyone dreams of having an athlete that's like wants to be super involved with everything. Right. So yeah. we, we finally had someone that like wanted to be involved and it was super fun. And, and, the, and what came out of it was uh, amazing. And it was just a rad, rad experience uh, was, and time. And, and, and uh, I mean, yeah, and then Chad, well, I mean, Chad got back to where he was winning the shift yeah, shift got back to being, you know, super, super cool. What a, yeah. And again, just Pete, rolling the dice there a little bit and you 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 know you I didn't put as well and it just came up brilliant it just everything it was, about it yeah 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 we uh, you know we all took a chance on each mm-hmm. other and, yeah. and it worked out a funny thing is so you know 
some of the people that weren't Chad Reed fans at the time yeah. and that were kind of vocal to me about it. Um, <laughs> so we used to do these dealer uh, meet and greets at the Supercrosses where we'd bring in like 10 or 15 dealers and, you know, we'd take them yep. over to meet Chad and we'd go over and meet Dunge. And um, so what, I won't, I won't name the person, but like probably two years into it. And uh, he, he like puts his arm around me. He goes, you remember, I used to fucking hate this dude, but, I love him now. So he'd won, he'd won, he'd won over the toughest critics yeah. inside the building. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely crazy. Um, let's go in the time machine a little bit and go back to to Chris Onstott before Beaker. Uh, oh, you, you've got it's such a cool story, and we we talked on the phone last week a little bit about it. And there's even stuff you told me that then, but I didn't know. Um, so you grow up just loving RJ, just riding and and being an RJ super fan. Basically, oh, biggest super fan. Um, <laughs> like, I thought the dude walked on water. Where, where did you grow up? What part? What? So I grew up at like the Paris, California okay. area. Yeah, I, yeah, actually, Paris. I yeah. actually lived in Homeland. Um, okay. Big mecca for motocross. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we lived on. I don't think we have any. I don't think we had any paved roads in our town. Jeez. Um, I had a little crew of uh people uh guys that i rode with um we'd build tracks out in the fields yeah. and man it was just a super super fun time build tracks out in the hills so Nuevo. were you buying tickets to anaheims and stuff and all that back then oh. like just just oh. yeah dude like dude, you were, i don't know if you remember but the 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 they you would get an you'd get something in the mail saying that supercross was six months from now and like we'd get those and we'd buy them right then so oh, i'd have to wait for yeah, like yeah. six months like oh my god here, right. you know the tickets would come in the mail yeah the physical like, oh. tickets right yeah exactly yeah no yeah i was dude i was i was a super fan like uh i i couldn't get enough of it you know from like motocross actions cutting out the pictures and hanging right up in right the room. Yeah, same as so, me like, same thing for me dude, up in I, Canada, I had, yeah i think i had every motocross action from like 1980 to probably 1990 and i saved every one of them um i don't have them now like yeah. when i moved out i left them and my mom threw everything away which is awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i was super super fan i went to all the anaheims um i, I remember being there the year rj got knocked out oh you were crushed. dude I, yeah dude i think i, I like literally cried in the stands i thought he was dead uh <laughs> they threw the red I, flag they had a red flag for him and everything the whole yeah, deal yeah oh my gosh i i i love the guy and uh from like to like i loved him so, and that's where my love i think for fox started mm-hmm. was through rj yeah where like i, I just wanted to be him and <laughs> I remember one year, my, my mom like, like bought me gear for Christmas, right? And I, yeah. and I think it was actually gear. Um, and uh, I remember opening it, and I was super disappointed. And I was like, Mom, like a Fox, Mom. What about Fox? About Fox? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we went back to Chaparral, exchanged it, got some Fox gear, and like literally like yeah. never wore anything else since. Yeah. Um, you did, know. did you ever go meet him? Did you get a, a poster signed or anything? Um, One year, I think. Uh, LA Supercross. He, uh, I was waiting at the fence with a bunch of other fans, and I was, I was probably like a teenager at the time. Yeah, and um, I got his autograph. I, dude, I still have the picture. No way, <laughs> I still, really? <laughs> I still have it. I looked at it like uh, not too long ago. I was like, I yeah. Had it. And then um, I actually, the first time I got to meet him, um, while well, I was with Jeremy McGrath, and I don't remember the year. Um, Might have been. Is, man like 95 96 okay. yeah yeah 
So Jeremy's, Jer- Jeremy's Jeremy at this point. He's yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was like Glenn Helen uh, for the national, and you know he was hanging out at the box fan, and yeah. I, that's for, I think the first time I got to meet him. Uh, and you were just yeah. like, screw Jeremy, like I got to oh, meet no, RJ. I mean, you're so intimidated. Like he's, they, they knew, like like Jeremy and his roommate Lou knew, like I was a huge RJ fan. And yeah. Like, you know, it's still awkward, right? You're like, oh yeah. my god, it's RJ. Dude, I still kind of like. They're making fun of me, right? Like, like, hey, listen, it's 2019. And when I talk to RJ, I'm like, I can't believe I'm talking to Rick fucking Johnson right now. Like, RJ knows me. He knows me. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> dude, I, I got a flat top because of him. <laughs> no way. You did? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, yeah, I was a super fan. Right, but. right. I like uh, Lachine. And, and Johnson and Bradshaw were my guys, and uh, and now they're all my friends. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, you know, in my love for RJ, like, led to me like loving Hondas, and, right? You know, like I, I only would ride CRs, and and like the, the little group of that I friends that I rode with back back then, like you know, one guy was on a Cowie, and yeah, one yeah. guy was on a Yamaha, and I hated, I just <laughs> hated. Don't bring those bikes to my house <laughs> i also told people too growing up you were and i've told wardy this growing up you were a wardy guy or an rj fan you couldn't be both you could not be both they were bitter okay. rivals and sorry wardy but i was an rj guy but i had yeah, a buddy who was I'm a wardy you. guy you know so i'm i'm, I'm with you i was the same way yeah <laughs> I, I couldn't get I, – I couldn't – I had blinders on. I was all about RJ. No, right. one, else, no one else mattered. <laughs> um, so at some point, when do you meet this guy named Jeremy McGrath? So uh, Jeremy and I actually went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we were, We didn't hang out in high school. It was kind of weird. Like, you know, he was off, you know, racing a lot. Yeah. But, his he, he had a group of friends that he hung out when he was really close with at in high school. Um, so after he graduated and then I graduated, I actually started uh, hanging out with that group of friends that he hung out with in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember one day, like they were going to go bowling. Um, that his group of friends and Jeremy and I ended up tagging along. This is like along. this is like eighty eight or eighty nine. You said or something, right? <sighs> Um, this might be like 90, 91. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably not, I think it was 91. He just got the, the pro circuit ride. Okay. And yep. so he'd won Vegas. And, he'd won you on Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So his, his high school friends, you know, he, you know, Jeremy's such a rad dude. He's still like talking to all his, his buddies that he went to school with. And so they all, they all went, were going bowling and I tagged along and, um, you know, they were like, Oh, you know, and, and, and honestly, like Jeremy and I didn't even know each other really in high school. Like uh-huh. I knew who he was, but yeah. like we didn't hang out like yeah. uh, any of that. So, you know, and so they're like, Oh yeah, Beaks, you know, he, he, he rides too. And were you already Beaker so by we, then? Were you already Beaker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Already Beaker. And that's from yeah. the Muppets. That's from the Muppets. Eh, Let's not get into all that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know this went, went this far back. I didn't know the nickname went that far back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, okay. So, we go, we go bowling. Yeah. Uh, my buddies are like, yeah, Beaks rides too. And Jeremy's like, oh, you want to go ride tomorrow? I'm like, <laughs> is he asking me to go ride with him tomorrow? <laughs> so, so I end up going. Yeah. I was like, yeah, dude, I'm in. Yeah. Let's go. And so, right. you know, and back then, like he had his super cross track at his parents' house. So yeah. I meet him at his parents' parents' house. He, we ride. I almost kill myself on the super cross <laughs> track. Like, right. yeah, exactly. to- totally embarrassed myself. Like, I feel yeah. like an idiot. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah so that you know i started hanging out with jeremy and his and his roommate lou yeah um became really good friends with them and especially with especially lou and so jeremy was you know traveling all the time so yeah. then like basically that uh jeremy would leave on a thursday I would move in on Thursday and then uh, go home on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and you and Lou doing God knows what at Jeremy's uh, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, I mean, listen, we were respectful. We didn't do anything yeah. uh, that was bad, but we definitely had a good time. Yes, yes, exactly, right? Um, <laughs> and at this point, Jeremy, I mean, you know, he's obviously, yeah, he's he, look, he's won a Supercross, so he's a bad dude, but he's not Jeremy effing McGrath yet, but he's getting no, there. No, he's no, getting yeah. there. No, and like honestly, watching him go through that transition was uh, pretty awesome, um, and especially like his rookie year um, uh, in the two fifty class. Yeah, and when he, when he started winning, I just you know, and back then you know, there's no internet. No, there was, yeah, there's so like Jeremy would go to the races, and Lou and I'd be like at the house, like, dude, what's going? On? Like, what? What's, yeah. Is he winning? Yeah. And uh, and remember, and I think back then they started that one eight hundred like pro race. Yeah, yeah, one nine hundred. Yeah, one nine hundred pro race. Right. You could call and get the results, and like he'd be like, "Oh my god, he won again! He won again! He won again!" We <laughs> were just tripping. Well, remember ninety three comes. Yeah, he he's first two rounds he gets like seventh and fifth or something. Whatever, good results. But and then Anaheim comes and he just drops him. Anaheim ninety three, and it's over. You know, like yeah. that. That's it. That's. No, looking back. I think he loses five more races the next twenty years or something. Yeah, um, no, it's... and you were, but it must have been surreal for you because you know this is the new RJ. You're got a you got a front row seat to Jeremy on a Wednesday afternoon becoming the greatest rider ever. Yeah, no, it's you know like when you're in it when you're in it like you don't realize what's going on. You're just like man, like Jeremy's like crushing it. Yeah. And, you know, like in Lou's Jeremy on the payroll, though. Are you trying to get on the payroll like Lou at this point, or no? No, no, no. no. I okay. knew my place. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I was just a friend. Yeah, yeah. Just a friend, and um, you know, it was just I was just you know stoked to be there. I was yeah. just happy to, like to be part of it. You know, hanging out with them and friends with them, and you know, get to experience some of the stuff that they were doing on the fun on the fun side. Yeah, you know? like yeah, I'd go to Havasu with them, like right. I remember, I remember one year, I don't know if it must have been like 94, 95, um, going to Glamis with, with Jeremy Lou and Jimmy Button, like in December before the Supercross series started, like, <laughs> yeah. like what are we doing? You, you think, you think, you think, you think, uh, you think Kenny's there, Eli's there right now at Glamis? <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> there's no way Bruce, yeah. uh, Kehoe, any of those guys would allow any of their riders to go to I know. Glamis in December. And dude, and Jeremy's just hucking it out there. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, just, we're just all like in all like Jim, Jimmy's just sitting on his bike watching Jeremy and just, yeah. just like, dude. And we're like, there's a Supercross champ. He's got a race in two weeks and he's just doing a hundred and something foot jump out here in the dunes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Throwing you know knack knacks out in the dunes. You know what's cool though? Uh, oh, by the way, too, when he switched from Cinecella to Fox, you were all on board with that because you were fine with that, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah because we were the same size yeah yeah perfect right <laughs> perfect um uh, you know what's cool though and, I, and i've said this many times over all across my, my shows is the guy i mean i didn't meet him till 97 when uh, my first year well 96 no 96 i knew him at, at honda we hung out a little bit because button was on the pj1 team and they were buddies right so i was i was around the scene a little bit the guy hasn't changed man much like he is just the epitome and maybe this is just 
maybe I don't really know the real Jeremy McGrath like you do or whatever, but I think I do. He's just the epitome of what you want in a champion, and and that's it. I the guy, I don't think he changed much, man, which is awesome. I, no, I totally I agree. He's he's just a really down to earth person, and uh, like when he was at the height of Jeremy so McGrath, was he any different to you? Probably not. No, no, no he's MC. He's just always <laughs> been MC. Right, right. <laughs> he never was cocky. He was never arrogant. Like no. he was just cool, man. He just was. A rad dude. He's yeah. always been that way. Yeah, always, right? Like whether he was uh, Team Green, nineteen ninety, or or you know, fifth, uh, fourteen and zero in ninety six. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, he's just just a really good person, and the sport's yep. lucky to have him as a you know as a champion and so icon of the sport. At some point, you meet Davy Coombs. Yes. Okay. So this is a good story too. So <laughs> okay. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Go, no, no, just go. You go ahead. Talk about your start with Racer X, which I didn't even know this, by the way, until we talked the other day. <laughs> okay, so at this point in my life, uh, I'm hanging out with Jeremy and Lou and right. Factory Phil and all those. Like, yeah. it was such a that mini feed crew back then was like super tight. Everyone was hanging out, playing golf, riding, training. But then there was the, um, the Debo Emig crew, another crew. Yeah, and and and, and honestly, the, like. Chad or Chad, sorry. Uh, Jeremy and Jeff may had their like differences, or you know, they yeah. were competing against each other. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to beat each other, so they weren't like hugging each other out or anything like that when we'd hang out. But Jeff's crew and Jeremy's crew like were down with each other. Like they like we were all just kind of the same people. Like just yeah, yeah. you know, enjoying the ride that we were on and in the sport and. Listen, you're, you're, you're like, listen, at Club Rubber on Thursdays, we're all equal here. <laughs> we're all we're like, we're just hanging out. We're all <laughs> having a good time. So like Jeremy's, you know, Jeremy's, you know, core friends and Jeff's core friends, like we were all buddies. Yeah. Like we all yeah. enjoyed hanging out with each other. Um, you know, and it was, it was, we'd be super fun. Like when those, there was those times where like, you know, Fro would show up and come to one of Jeremy's parties or back then like fro was had those legendary like halloween parties yeah, and we'd go to them yeah, and yeah. it was just you know really like really fun everyone enjoyed hanging out with each other so but now so like the david Coombs story um so it was man it must have been 89 90 or yeah, maybe 88 89 i'm not sure mm-hmm. um so back then it was the vegas supercross in you know, Jeremy used to throw these after parties at some of some of the rounds. Like the no, you Anaheim. mean like 99, 98, 99, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, and so Jeremy would throw these after parties, right? So he was throwing one after the Vegas Supercross, and um, they needed someone to drive his truck with, like, his practice bike and some displays to, like, you know, put a, have at the party. Mm-hmm. So I was designated to do that. <laughs> Which hey, I'm I'm cool. Like, I'm what were you just, doing for whatever. a living? At the, what were you working at? What were you doing for a living? Uh, I was actually I was working at a golf course at the okay. time. Okay, right. uh, Likes Country Club, all and right. yeah, so like all the guys got to play golf there. They would show up and give our head pro like tickets to the races, mm-hmm. sunglasses, whatever. So like, I was the gateway to golf for all these guys. Um, so anyway, so you know, I'm like, okay, Blues, like Beaks, you got to drive Jeremy's truck to Vegas and take all this stuff with you. I'm like, okay, cool. At least I have something I got, I have a job. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so 
and I didn't even know Davey at the time. I mean, I knew who he was. I saw him on TV. Like yeah, I yeah. thought, he, I, I, you know, I thought he was the ESPN reporter. I didn't really know about Racer Magazine at the or Racer Paper newspaper, at the time, right? Yeah, because it was an East Coast thing. So I never, I may, I may have saw a couple of them sure. at Jeremy's house, but nothing that I really paid attention to. And so, you know, it's, I think it was Sunday. It was at the banquet, and I was like, man, like. And, you know, we're all hanging out with a group of people and I was like, oh, I got to drive home tomorrow. Like kind of mm-hmm. complaining, yeah. you know, because I, I wanted to party and like I was like kind of have to cut it off. Yeah. Drive home tomorrow. Um, and Davey and Davey's like, oh, he's all he goes, you're driving. Or he goes, he goes, I'll ride with you. I'm like, <laughs> which OK, is, cool. which is so Davey just just hanging out with a stranger. Just that's so yeah, like, that is so he, t- he tells me what hotel you stay right. at. So I pick him up I don't know, like 11 o'clock. Um, so I pick him up. And we start you know, driving across the desert and we're just talking the whole time. He's telling me what's going on. And, and then like, you know, just, I'm just yeah. telling them like who I am and what I'm doing and you know, all this. And so, uh, you know, four or five hours later, we, and at this time I was actually living with Jimmy button. Okay. And, um, so we get to button's house, you know, he gets out of the car and I, there's no cell phones at this time. So he, he's like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta call home. He goes, I gotta call my mom. So he, we go inside and he, calls his mom rita and you know just kind of sitting in the kitchen with them and he's talking to his mom he's like oh yeah i guess yeah i just got in i'm staying at, i'm staying at jimmy button's house and, uh, <laughs> and, and he goes yeah and I, I met this really cool kid his name's beaker and he goes we're gonna we're gonna hire him <laughs> and i'm like okay well yeah. i don't want to be golfing so right yeah you're like motor, like, motor industry seems cool yeah, i'm like okay and I, so he, you know he gets off the phone with his mom he's like okay beaks we're gonna get you a job and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm not a journalist. I'm not a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> like, what What am I going to do for you? You know, oh, we'll just figure it out. Yeah, like, again, that is so Davey. <laughs> we'll just figure it out. So at this, at this time, he was actually opening an office in Wildemar with Chris Holtner. Okay. And um, so he's like, yeah, I, just, I got an office. You can work out of it. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so anyway, so I started with Davey and – Basically, he wanted me to call like shops and try to get um, the magazine carried yeah. in, in dealerships, and you know, like, so I did that a little bit. I wasn't very good at it. Not something <laughs> I wanted to do. Like, I was like, "This is cool." Like, I worked for RacerX, but I'm not really digging this. Right. Um, and so then Holtner had left uh, RacerX at that time, right around that time too. And then Eric Johnson was coming on um, more of a full time role. Um, so I started spending a lot of time with Eric and. So then I started transitioning. So when the magazines would come out, um, either I would go s- visit um, advertisers with the new issues, yep. with either Davey or Eric. So at this point, so I knew all the racers at this time. Yeah. Um, and, and now I started building relationships with um, with the people and other brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I started knowing the entire industry. So we did that for you know a couple years did you write anything did you write anything you did right yeah yeah. i you know and that's right around the when the internet was starting so i started doing these interviews um for the for online yeah because i'm around the guys all the time so you know i was doing interviews with you know uh casey johnson jimmy uh michael brandis like whoever yeah 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 because i was just around you know i remember i got to do uh an interview with michael lessey um I think it was, he was racing an amateur race at Hangtown. And so, um, I remember like had to schedule it with Tony and like, so I meet them at their, their rig and we sit down at this little table and, uh, 
like Tony's like sitting next to me the whole time I'm asking these questions <laughs> and I'm not a reporter or a journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just asking like funny questions, right? Like yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. be lighthearted about this. Um, and then like, I got to, I got to interview James Stewart once. Um, that was pretty cool. And yeah. then, um, I actually got to write a couple stories, uh, for the magazine. Um, they, Davey sent me to, um, Dunlop when you when a new a new uh, Dunlop tire was coming out, so I got to write the story on the test. <laughs> that was super rad. Yeah. Like here I am, just like some kid that You're like, like sweet. I'm in. Right, right. I'm the super fan kid that like ended up becoming friends with McGrath, met Davey. Like, and next thing yeah. I know, I'm at Dunlop testing tires. I can't even <laughs> ride that good. You know, but like Davey should have set you up like for a one on one interview with RJ. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been like Chris Farley in that sketch. You would have been like, remember that time? That was awesome. <laughs> so then I got to write the story that was in the magazine. I think I, I still have that somewhere. And, uh, and But yeah, you know, that, you know, I wasn't really doing a whole lot. And, you know, I got a phone call from Davey one day and he was like, hey, Beeks, we're going to have to let you go. I was like, oh, oh crushed. <laughs> Devastating. Only time I've ever been fired from a job. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, totally devastated i didn't have a car because back then the racer x had a troy lee truck and oh yeah, was yeah like what what i was using to drive around so i'm like oh my god i don't have a job i don't have a car i have no money <laughs> like <laughs> what am i gonna do you know like yeah um, so so but but yeah. but davy helped you get get the thor job well so um yeah he's like you know, he, you know, I'm, I'm crying. Yeah. Davey's like telling me that he's letting me go. I'm like, the whole world's like crumbling. And yeah. like, I should have took a, like, like, I, I feel like I, I didn't give it my best effort and maybe mm-hmm. took it, the job for granted a little bit. So sure. I have all this guilt and I'm crying. I'm like, um, disappointment. I'm a loser. And then a couple of days went by and Davey had called me and he's like, Hey, Eric was with Gabrielle at Alpine stars and they may have something um a job there yeah so eric eric set up a, an interview with gabrielle and i ended, and i ended up getting a job at alpine stars that's right yeah and yeah so i did that I, I wasn't there that long i was only there for probably like six months doing like rider service but, stuff rider servicing stuff yeah yep, yeah yep. yeah they had a guy there mark sorrow who was handling like he was like overseeing everything so i worked underneath him yeah um but i was there for about six months um sort of I was right around spangler, spangler time too right dale spangler time <sighs> He may have just left. He might have left and you took his spot. Yeah, something like that. Right? Maybe, yeah. yeah. He might have just left. Um, so, yeah, I got the job there. And, you know, I was living in Canyon Lake, commuting to Torrance every day. So it was like, yeah, you know, it, it could have been four or five hours in the car every day just to and yeah. from work. And I was, you know, leaving at five in the morning and getting home at like seven o'clock at night. Right, it, was, right. it was a it was a grind. And, and um, you know, and. You know, when we would go to events, like we drove to events. So it was like leave Torrance, go to Upper Michigan for a UP ride with mm-hmm. Parts Unlimited. You know, and they you're like you need yeah. to be there in two days. Oh you're yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. So you know, it was it was um, it was straining on me just because um, you know I was spending so much time oh in the car and it was just the commute was killing me. Yeah. Um, and so. It was U.S. Open that year, and uh, Coombs Coombs comes walking by the Alpine Star van, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" I'm just like, "Oh," and I kind of unloaded on him, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh boy." Yeah. So he he you know he listens to me vent for you know 20 minutes, and yeah. then he he 
he goes inside to watch the race. I'm still outside at the van. The race is going on. Yeah. You have to stay at the van yeah, in case someone needs somebody needs something. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, half hour later, he comes back. He's got a cocktail in his hand. He goes, hey, I got you an interview on Tuesday at Thor. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I go down that Tuesday. I had to call in sick to Alpine Stars. Went down and met with Bob Maynard. And uh, Bob liked me and yeah, offered me a job right away. Yeah. And so I, then I had to go tell Gabrielle I was leaving. And that was hard yeah, that's, like, yeah, yeah you know there there wasn't like there wasn't anything i disliked about alpine stars it was just like oh the commute for I one yes the commute you know <laughs> like the, my commute was going to be shorter um and you know it was more money and, and it was just okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and I, you know so and, and honestly i wanted to work for a gear brand and yeah you know, back then Alpine Stars was boots and, you know, leathers and all that gloves right, and stuff right. like that. Uh, they still made gear, but it wasn't anything that like they were pushing. Oh, did they make gear back uh, then? Uh, they, they make, they, they did. Yeah. Make it back yeah. Then? It was okay. very, very yeah. limited. Right, yeah. Right. And, um, you know, I just, I, I just thought like, you know, gear companies are so cool. Right. Like, yeah. And I, I wanted to, you know, I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to work for Thor. <laughs> were, and were you hired to be the rider rep initially at Thor? Was no, that, there no? was, uh, no, there was, so the, uh, at the time they had um, um, was Jeff there? Jeff Baum. Jeff yeah, Baum was there. Bound. I lived with Jeff, yeah. by the way. I lived with Jeff when yeah. I went to KTM. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff was there. Uh-huh. Harry O had just left. Oh, Harry O! Uh, I forgot about Harry O. Yeah. So yeah. I got to. I was going to work underneath Jeff at the time. Okay. Um, kind of do amateur but, stuff or whatever, whatever they kind of. Yeah. Just, yeah. You yep. know, back then they had a, they had a pretty small team back then. Yeah. Um, believe they had Pro Circuit. They were heavy. We had a few. Um, arena cross teams yep um so the team wasn't that big um at that time so yeah like in was you know, this was oh, this go, parts unlimited thor yet or no this, yes yeah okay All right. yes yeah, yep. yeah but backtrack so i had to so i had to tell gabrielle i was leaving right? yeah and i was like oh my gosh like this, you know again this is one, one of my strong points like telling people <laughs> something that they don't want to hear so yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh so I just remember I had to go in his office and sit there with them and tell him I was leaving and like, you know, I was like, man, I really love your company and everything. And right. the commute's so hard. And he, he straight up, he said to me, he goes, if you love my company, you wouldn't be leaving. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good uh, one. Touche. I was like, Touche. Uh, right, right, right. Okay, well, this isn't going the way I want it. <laughs> As you slink out of the door, you're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oop, oop. Um, but so I accepted the job at Thor, and then, and then there was like this mass like, Gabrielle got pissed at at Thor, at Maynard for poaching one of his his employees. So then like Parts and Limited was upset with me, and they were upset with Maynard. So my first year at at Thor really was like, huh i didn't know I this like, okay I, I had like a bullseye on my back like i was a troublemaker right yeah yeah so it took me a while to get like everyone's trust that like hey man i just want to do a good job so yeah i just yeah. i mean i think anybody would understand that commute and also the alpine stars mentality of working you really 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 hard that's then they're still yeah, that way but, to this day they're still that way to this yeah, day that, you know? i mean that's that's part of it i mean like I know, but the, the, I, but the driving to the yeah. races and stuff, you're just like, oh, I, can't, yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I just wanted to work in the industry and be part of the sport. So yeah. yep. driving to the races wasn't that, that like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love to fly. Like who wouldn't, but yeah. like that wasn't, that wasn't it. It was, you know, Monday through Friday, like 
literally driving to Vegas every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was getting to me. And, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money. I think I was making like 20 grand a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm putting all my money into like my car payment because I'd buy a truck yeah. and gas. And it was just like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so uh, you're working at Thor. And what, what year? So 2000? Uh, yes. So this is when I first meet you because this is KTM for me. Yes. I'm living with Jeff the Thor rep in Santee working at KTM, Kelly Smith, and you're coming yes. to the races. Yes. Yeah. yeah. As a Thor guy, Jeff leaves yes. or gets fired or I don't know. Jeff, Jeff leaves. Um, Jeff's not there anymore. Something like yeah. whatever. He's not with the brand anymore. And, um, yeah. So now I'm like, you're the guy, you know, I'm the guy. I have no, dude, I have no experience. I don't know what I'm doing. I just like you're friends with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, pr- you're, you're printing the jerseys, right? You're doing this all every week, right? For everybody. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I took over like all the you know responsibilities of um, making sure we had product for the guys and going to the races. And, yeah, and and I was super into it, and um, I I was I couldn't get enough of it. Like and, I just and I remember I and I remember being at KTM. You and GL in '01 became really really good buddies. Yeah, yeah. GL's really kind of my first like guy. And yeah, he is my first guy in like working in the industry. Um, I don't know. We just had a really good connection um, when we met. I remember I, I vividly remember the day first day I met him. Um, he was I think he I believe he was coming from KTM to, to mm-hmm. Thor because we were only a couple miles apart from each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like I think it was December um, before the season started. And he came in and, you know, I think Uncle Andrew was with him and his dad. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, man, this kid, this kid's really cool. I like him. You know, yeah. he's got a cool accent. He's, and you know, Grant's just a really cool guy. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah. man, I, this kid, I like this kid. Um, yeah. And we just became close. Um, we spent a lot of time together uh, at the races in a way, you know, living in Canyon Lake and he was in Temecula and yeah. And um, I remember he came to the team and two things, he was really cocky and then he was our fastest guy right away. And we're like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, we're like, okay, this guy's for real. Like, yeah. Hey, remember when he threw away his first win? Yeah, yeah, Houston. Yeah, <laughs> We're like, dude. Yeah, <laughs> what happened? What you, and then uh, Travis Preston wins on a Husky. It goes from the first yeah. ever win to KTM to, to first ever win for Husqvarna, right? Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah. Uh so you're and you're at the right place in the right time in a sense at Thor, because I don't know if, if Jeff Fox at Parts Unlimited decides, or or I don't know if Bob decides, or somebody decides that Thor is going to sponsor every single racer. <laughs> the, the, you, your roster, Beaks, your roster, before you go to Fox, your roster is Red Dog, it's GL, it's Chad, it's McGrath, it's Pastrana, it's Pro Circuit. I'm sure I'm missing somebody in there. Y-O-T. Y-O-T. I um, mean, it at is. One, hey, at one year, we had Y-O-T, Pro Circuit, and KTM. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I, there, there's probably two years where I didn't watch one lap. Yeah, yeah, really, race. right? Yeah, I was so busy. Yeah, um, yeah, but the, you know that was dude, the, those those years. Like I didn't realize it then, but that was literally the best time of my working life. Um, it was just man, it was I, I was so blessed to work with so many incredible people. Mm-hmm. Um, like incredible on the track, incredible off the track. I had, I had built like really good friendships with all these guys from yeah. gl and chad and 
Tedesco, Josh Hansen, some of our freestyle guys. Like, right. It was, it was just like, man, we were just like one big you guys family. Were, and, and, think, and you guys were crushing it, like sales wise, I imagine. It was, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and even like from, like, not even from the racer side, just the, the team that we had that were doing all the showcases mm-hmm. on Thursday nights and that were at the races supporting the dealers, like from Hilton Beatty, like, and that whole crew was just like, yeah. man, we were having so much fun. It was like, you know, we do showcases Thursday nights um, with all the dealers would come yeah. in and, you know, they get to see some product they'd uh, get their ticket to the race, you know? So we did all that. And then, you know, rocket, after that, rocket Rob's there, rocket, rocket Rob's there, Rob, <laughs> you know, like, Hilton, it was just Hilton really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it was one big, like, car, Carney family almost, you know, like, we spent so much time together, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, from the showcases and all, every Thursday night after we got done tearing down, we ended up doing something else afterwards, if it was, like, the hotel bar or yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, and then Saturday nights after the races, everyone ended up back at Hilton's bus from, you know, athletes to industry people from yeah. the feld people coming and, in there Man, and the we economy just, the economy strong parts is crushing it in all aspects you know what i mean like they were yeah, sp- yeah. spending so much money oh and like right? i mean it was working i mean yeah thor like went from like you know from where they were at to like they were like a powerhouse yeah and yeah it was just man um, and I, it, I, it was so like crazy. I swear, like it was like every couple of weeks they were like, "You got a new athlete." I'm like, "What? We signed who?" <laughs> in Europe, they were doing stuff in Europe, in yeah. Canada. I was like, "Oh my, I, I'm I don't know how much more I can I can, yeah. I can handle." Yeah, yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a phenomenal time for the company. Just amazing. Uh, and then and also too, Beaks, you're back with MC. You're back with MC. Yeah, yeah. You know, I you know I was it's fun, I was. You know, as I was like thinking about us talking and like mm-hmm. I was kind of like going through memory lane and like, yeah. you know, like that period of time when like, okay, the MC thing may happen. And, you know, I wasn't part of the team that was doing the deal. Right? Yeah, so that yeah. was Jeff Fox yeah. and, you know, whoever. Hilton, Hilton, probably Hilton and Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, and I don't even know if Maynard was really like part of those discussions and, but they they would let me in on like where they're at in the process and like the excitement like i was like oh my god just please make this happen please make this happen <laughs> um you know and, and, and remember that was the reason we got mc was because of that ast deal yeah and yeah remember you remember that so, yeah like yeah. and so but that but that also meant we were bringing on the yot team too so i was like okay i'm excited that i'm getting gonna be able to work with my friend jeremy mcgrath but like I was like another 125 team. Yeah, do we? Yeah, I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was like, you know, it was so it was so special for me and this like you know like being in Jim Gallagher's office, who was the art director mm-hmm. then, yep. and like showing me comps of like what his gear was going to look like, and I was like, oh my god, and like yeah, couldn't believe this is really happening, right? Yeah, um, you know, and the the Bud Light. It was just like, and, I remember going to the press conference for when they announced the Bud Light deal. I was like, man, this, this is really rad. Yeah. And, and also too, how about, uh, and I wrote a story for on racer X about this, the Langston Brown championship battle. I was at KTM. We hated those guys. They hated us. We hated Brownie's mechanic. Uh, and you're the guy going between the trucks and Mitch is probably yeah, just oh, well, grinding you, dude. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm the guy in the middle. Yeah, and... you are. 
and you know, and like, you and, know, and I, GL's giving I, you shit about Brownie, and Mitch is uh, giving you shit about GL. I could, yeah, I couldn't get away from it. It was like constant, <laughs> you know. And like back then, like you know, the you know the PC mechanics were pretty like pretty rowdy and like yeah, yeah. very like they love giving me shit and like picking on me. And I think everyone at that period of time loved picking on me for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I couldn't go to a race without just getting heat. Right? No, we so. we would be at the same hotel bar as the PC guys sometimes, and all, my, myself and Williamson and Uncle Andrew, and we're sitting there and we're just eyeing those guys up, and they're eyeing <laughs> us up. Dude. <laughs> and here I am, just like, oh, da, 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 da. like cruising through. Yeah, your beaks, hey, your beaks. Trying to high five everyone. Right. And, and, you right. Know, and you know, and like, hey, I I I like I like Mike Brown. Like, um, yeah. I wasn't as close to him. Like, no. GL was my guy, and. And going into that final race, I had a backpack and I had a brown number one jersey and I had a Langston number one jersey. Yeah. And and Gia, I remember Ricky dropped down to race that yep. the one twenty fives. Yeah. So it was like the weekend was off to like a weird start, anyways, because you had Ricky there and just like him and, and Mike Brown and Ricky were buddies and oh know, yeah they were training they were training partners at the time so everyone's kind of like oh my god what is going on yep yeah we were we and, were stressed too like at KTM we're like what's going to happen is Brown is Ricky going to take one of them out is Ricky going to move over like whatever all this stuff right <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know we're you know we're in the second moto and Grant's in a position to win the title and then the wheel comes undone like his wheel explodes and you're just like you couldn't i couldn't believe it was happening yeah and, oh i know and and i remember when it finally went away um you know he, he was sitting on the side of the track and his girlfriend at the time was there with them he was consoling them and i just remember like i walked over there and knelt down and gave him a hug mm-hmm. and then i had to go to the podium because yeah. brown had just won the championship yeah and you had to be all yeah. whoa right yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you know i was i was happy for brownie and i actually yeah. got his number one plate hanging up in my office right here so oh, nice. i'll take it <laughs> yeah yeah no it was um but yeah it was very it was that was a uh like i don't know it was just a hard moment for me to be you know excited for one athlete but like heartbroken for the other yeah um yeah and you know it was just really it was really somber like after the race with you know, even with, you know, even with my parts and limited people, like, sure. you know, Grant was really close to a lot of, of oh, yeah. people at Thor and yeah. parts just because of his personality and, you know, Hilton being South African and Grant being South African, like there was like a, yep. a really strong connection. There. And I just remember after the race, like being back at the parts and limited semi and just be like, it was, devastated. it was a crazy <laughs> day. And, and, and I, I was, I was on KTM then and it was just a, a real crazy day. Everyone from KTM had flown in. Bunch of people were there to celebrate this potential championship, and yeah, it was just wow. It's something I'll never forget, you know. Um, yeah, you know, it was tough, and I, I hung on to like Grant's like number one jersey for a long time. Did you? Yeah, yeah, and I and uh, I I don't know. I think it was a couple months later. Like he asked to see it, I showed it to him. And I was like, oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully though, GL got a lot. You know, he got a fourth in the outdoor title. He got out indoor titles. Like yeah, yeah. like you know, like he it, had a, yeah, he, he had got, a great career. He had his outdoor title with Rhino that year. You know what I mean? Like it, oh. if, if he had oh never, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he had never gotten a title, then then you know, you definitely feel for the guy a little bit more. You already feel for him. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a very that was a hard that was a hard uh, hard victory. I think for all of us, you know, we had Brownie winning the title and um, GL not you know, losing yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, it was, 
the Chris Onstott on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. Thanks to Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Go there, demand uh, to see the Fly Racing stuff from the FR5 boot to the uh, kinetic mesh stuff to the Formula Helmet. Fly Racing's got it, got you covered head to toe. Thanks to Maxis as well and Alpine Stars. I also want to give a shout out to Race Tech. Zombie Chris Blose using Race Tech. Uh, Pulp 19 is a code to save for motor work and suspension work. Uh, whether it's uh, rebuilding your stuff, making it perform better, whatever it is, Race Tech can dial you in. And thanks to those guys for making it happen. Uh, and again, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. All right, that's a little bit of a reset with Chris Onstott. Um, can we get into, and we'll get into Fox picking you up here shortly, but there's a couple things that we got to get into when we're, in regards to my uh, rider, Tim Ferry. Uh, for, we have a couple oh, of issues boy. with, with Beaks <laughs> and Ferry. Go. We have a couple of issues with Beaks and Ferry. Number one, uh, Geargate, uh, 2003, uh, Motocross the Nations held in early October. Uh, uh, I'm there working for Red Dog. You you are working for Thor, and you bring him vented gear in October in Belgium, and uh, he's still upset about it, I think. <laughs> I think it snowed that week. <laughs> I think it did. And he goes, what are you doing? And you're like, I don't know, bro. It's what they made for you. Because it was USA gear. It was USA stuff. So it wasn't like, you know, off the shelf. It looked really stuff. cool. It did. It did look cool. Um, yeah. Also, so, okay. Uh, you know, I know everyone. I know people think I do a lot of stuff. Um but I'm not a designer, and right. I did not decide to put them in venting gear. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that that didn't go over very well. No, sure. no, he was very angry. It was a bad uh, day. I mean, it, was, it was a bad day for USA all around. He'd broken his tour ligaments horrible, in his thumb, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. You want I, you want? I don't want to send you venting gear to a race that's thirty degrees. <laughs> like that's the last thing I want to do. But like, I, I like how he person. I like how he personally blamed you though. You Beaker, you did. But it. there was a decision made at Thor that we were going to put him in this product in in a custom colorway for yeah. for the nations, yeah. and that was it. Right. <laughs> that's where it was. that was. You know, a lot of times designers. Uh, don't live in the real world yeah and they don't take into account for weather and stuff like that when they design uh design product yeah. or one-off yeah. gear anyway no. so anyways, yeah so we dropped yep. the ball on that one we, um but we may have cost team usa a victory i think you did i think you sending did vented gear to donations now my, my question my question though is can you just wear a long sleeve shirt or something underneath i don't know I don't know, Beaks. Um, <laughs> but not to fix the problem. Just when things were getting repaired, though, between you and Red Dog. Just when things were getting repaired, a few years down the road, uh, relationships were mended. Uh, back on cordial terms. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> you borrow a sharpie from him that you do not return. And, and and God help us, because apparently Tim Ferry really needed this Sharpie. But uh, tell that story a little bit. Okay, so this is uh, 2006, Anaheim 2, yeah. James Stewart. I was working for Fox at the time, just started at Fox. Or no, this must have been 05. Yeah, 05, I think, um, yeah. 05, Anaheim 2. Um, James broke his wrist the weekend before it uh, in San Diego. So Cowie wants him to come to the race. So mm -hmm. he comes to the race. Fox has a suite. Um, so we're like, okay, let's – Pete wants him to come up to the suite. He has some VIP celebrities and accounts yeah. up there. So so James and I roll up to the Fox suite for the race. And Pamela Anderson, 
is in the suite. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, you know, she's like, oh, Bubba, we love Bubba, right? Everyone right. loves Bubba. Everyone loves Bubba. So, right. so she's like, I want, can you sign my boobs? Okay. So we're in a, we're in a, we're in a suite of 40 people. Not one person had a Sharpie. Yeah. Yeah. So I go, I'm like, all right, I'll go find a Sharpie. So I go out in the, the, the 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 hallway there i'm running down looking for someone that i know that might have a right. sharpie there's tim ferry uh-huh the great tim ferry hey, t- yes the great tim ferry yeah. my my friend yep. that i just made up with over, <laughs> right gear, over gate. gear gate so i'm like timmy i need a favor do you have a sharpie he goes i have one sharpie beaks i'm like can i borrow it he goes you can borrow it but you have to bring it back. <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay, I just need it for like Pamela Anderson wants Bubba James Stewart to like sign her boots. This is, so a, this is right an now. iconic moment in our sport, Timmy. We, yes. Yeah. I'm like, right. we have a photo of this, right? Right, I mean, right? So I run back to the suite, James signs her boobs. And then next thing I know, we're like heading to the parking lot. <laughs> we're leaving. <laughs> and we're going down to the pits and uh, guess who? I mean, Guess who I run into? Yeah. <laughs> Tim Ferry. Yeah. He and... goes, dude. I'm like, what? He goes, the Sharpie. I'm like, what about what, what about the Sharpie? Oh my god, he's oh, yeah. back. He goes, a little kid asked me for my autograph, but I told him I couldn't sign 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 their hat because I didn't have a Sharpie because oh, you took it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. No. He... Uh, oh, I got brought up the next day to me. He was angry with you again over the Sharpie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like Pamela Anderson's boobs, bro. Sorry. Yeah, dude. Come on. <laughs> where, where do things stand today with the relationship? How are we today? Uh, uh, well, you tell me. <laughs> oh, I think it's. I think you guys are still working through some stuff. The Sharpie. No, no, we're good. Timmy and I, we're, we're in a good place. Okay, good. that's good to hear. But <laughs> uh, uh, I had to hear about this Sharpie for about a year and a half. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um, so, all right, so you're working at Thor. Your number one competitor is Fox, as usual. Uh, the, uh, you know, you guys have the great roster, everything else. You're uh, you're in Chad Reed's wedding. You're so tight with him and Ellie. Uh, wh- who comes to you at Fox, Pete? No, it's actually Scott Taylor. So okay, Scott Taylor. Then, yep. Scott. So Scott Taylor was uh, taking care of James and Ricky. He was really really close with Ricky, um, and he was uh, like a southeastern regional sales manager. So he wore he wore a couple different hats for the brand. Yeah. Um, I want to say it was St. Louis Supercross in 2004. Okay. Um, he like pulled me aside and was like, Hey, you know, when, uh, you know, James is going to move to the 450 or 250 class next year. Yeah. And, um, he goes, we, uh, we see a need to, uh, split the teams up. What's uh, hilarious we, is like, what's hilarious is like just one guy can't do both. Like you're doing for, 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 for well, parts, you're doing everything, but Fox is like, Oh yeah. I'm like, right. yeah, I'm going to go from 40 guys to one guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they, they saw the need that the, the, they knew is I mean those those two camps were very competitive. Yes, yes the Stewart yes. camp and the Carmichael camp, right? Like, um, and so they they saw that like it was going to be very difficult for one person to go between two the mm-hmm. two, knowing knowing that these guys these two are going to literally try to kill each other to beat each other. Yeah, um, which they did, right? They yeah. literally oh, yeah. tried to kill each other. Um, so he came to me and was like, "Hey, you know, like see if you'd be interested." And 
of course, like I'd be interested because, you know, I've always put Fox on a pedestal. I, yeah. I just never thought it would be a reality. Um, were you friendly with Pete at all at these times? Did you met him like at, around, um, around? Like, were you? So, yeah, I, I mean, I actually met Pete back in the day with, uh, with Jeremy? through Jeremy because okay, yeah, they yeah. would come down. Like he came down a few times, scrap uh, Pete's brother, Pete's brother yeah. came down and did the did some of the terra firma stuff. Yep. So. And you know, I, and I would go to those movie premieres with uh, with Jeremy. So like, I I I'd been okay. around the Fox yep. family, yep. you know, some like we right. knew who each other were, and uh, so yeah, I had a, I had a little bit of a relationship with them. I never thought I'd have an opportunity to go work for them. So, but yeah, so Scott approached me about you know a job to come and work with you know with, with Fox and you know take care of James, and I was like, oh man, that's that'd be amazing. So you know, we kind of talked a few more times i met with i met with pete one day actually met him down in uh in san clemente okay um we did lunch you know he was super cool was like what what you know. appealed to you mostly about it um honestly it was about going to work for fox okay like yeah, yeah. um you know i just i really wanted to be a fox guy and work for the brand and i like RJ, I, I like RJ, RJ, you know, I like to tell people like, you know, back then, um, Fox was like my Yankees. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, you know, and I just wanted to be part of that. I wanted to be part of that team and, um, just work for the brand. So. But dude, it would have been a really, I mean, you know, you, 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 you break broken bread with Jeff Fox, the owner of parts, oh. by the way, by the way, Jeff Fox and Jeff Fox, hilarious in our industry. Yeah. Um, the, you know, he passed away now, the late Jeff Fox at, at Thor or parts unlimited, but you know, you'd broken bread with this guy so many times and Hilton and everybody else, and the whole oh. thing was F Fox, you know, Fox Racing. Like, the, you know, like, like, <laughs> yeah. like this would be, yeah. for me, I put myself in your shoes. This is a super hard decision, man. And also, you have to go tell Jeff Fox from Parts Unlimited that you're leaving. Uh, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, no, it was extremely difficult decision. And, you know, at the time, you know, I did have some frustrations at Thor, um, not with people that I worked with, maybe just with strategy and, you know, having all these riders and wasn't, you know, very, um, I don't know, like with Fox, they had the Ricky and your James mm-hmm. and they were winning every weekend and they were just like, yeah, like rock stars. Right. And the, the product you know the gear always looks so good on those guys the butt patches and yeah yeah you know it was just yeah. like like those little things like i was like man that's super rad yeah um, no they've always yeah. fox has always done it right man always yeah but yeah yeah it was it was not easy for me to like like leave thor um you know so it weighed on me and i you know i'd go back and forth on it was it more money met- was it more money also yeah, it was more money. Okay. Um, um, but you know, it was like it was more like, man, I just, you know, I wasn't ever like in love with Thor, like as a brand. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so that like that being as a kid, like being a kid, the brand had such an impact on me um, that it was it carried through my <laughs> right, like, right. Being, a, being an adult. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where yeah. like I can see it. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Like they, right. I'm a fan that got let behind the, the, the ropes, right? So, <laughs> and you know, so you know, I had some conversations with the Fox guys, and um, 
And then, but Thor, Thor, um, so Fox had actually um, took two of, hired away two of our designers at okay. Thor during this period. Yeah. So they, they had hired David Durham, who's, uh, in my opinion, the best designer in all of motocross. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still at Fox and Shift today. Um, and they, and they hired Jake Thino. So those, those two guys are, they took, took from us. So it was like, will world war three now mm-hmm. right so like oh, they were sure. jeff yeah. fox bob maynard everyone was hilton like yeah hated right. hated fox right. here i am oh boy yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> here i am yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh okay this is bad timing um you know and so at, and at this point so you know jeff fox was like hey he came to me and he was like meeks we love you you do an amazing job for us um he he gave me a raise before this all went down. Oh yeah, really? Oh boy. Yeah. And you know, he he and you know, so he, he gave me a raise. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like why is this all happening?" <laughs> <laughs> um you know, and he wanted to make things better for me and um you know, he just wanted me to be in a he just wanted me to be in a good place. And that's yeah. the kind of person Jeff, Jeff Fox is. Like um he's he's a, he was an amazing guy. Like he's we, we need more Jeff Foxes in this sport. Like he's, he's special. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, now we're like, we're, we're at Vegas Supercross. Right. And I, I verbally, I verbally had committed to Fox. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm coming. Right. Um, but I hadn't sent anything to Thor yet. And, right. um, but, but they, they had known, they had known that Fox was sniffing around with me and Did they? Yeah. Me. yeah, they know yeah, that. So yeah. they knew. Yep. And, you know, so Vegas Supercross, I started getting a lot of heat from like the the Thor side of like, what are you doing? What's going on? Like, if you're mm-hmm. leaving us, you need to be upfront with us, and like, so we can like plan and you know yeah. get someone to like fill your position and you know and like and at this point I had verbally committed to to Fox, and then Sunday after the race, <clears throat> you know. Um, uh, Scott Taylor had me come over to the Hard Rock, and I met with my wh- who had been my would be my boss, Jim Anfuso, and they had a bunch of paperwork for me, and I actually signed everything, right? And then I went back down to the pool at the Hard Rock, and Pete and all those guys had a cabana, so I was hanging out with those guys and feeling all good about myself, like, all right, I'm gonna be a Fox guy, and then um, we have the we have the banquet that night. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, go to the banquet. We're hanging out, and then they start like you know doing the awards, and you know, you know, a couple of the riders that thank me, and then Chad Reed. Chad Reed gets up there to you know yeah receive his trophy and his number one plate for the Supercross title, and like you know he's he's up there talking, he's talking about his parents, he's you know he's breaking down, mm-hmm. he's crying, and then he and then he he mentions me. And I get goosebumps just thinking about it, um, yeah. talking about it. And um, he mentions me, and I was just like, it like hit me. I was like, I can't, I can't leave this guy. Like, this is my dude. Yeah. And um, so I was like super emotional, and I've been drinking. I'm a mess, right? Like, <laughs> like don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm all over the place. Um, yeah. So you know, like I'm driving home the next day, and Pete Fox calls me. And he's, he's like, Hey, everything good. And I'm like, no, 
no, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not good. And I just was like, man, like I, uh, I'm not ready. I'm yeah. not ready to do this. Like, you know, like I'm really close to all these guys and not just the riders, but like yeah. Mitch Payton and Jeff Fox and Hilton. And I'm just like, man, like, I, I, I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't leave these guys. Yeah. So I, didn't i was like i'm staying and then like you know 20 minutes later jeff fox calls me he's like what's going on you know it's foxy voice and i'm like i'm staying jeff i'm not going anywhere i didn't know any of this part of the story okay (laughs) yeah and uh he's all right you know everyone's all happy and and you know and at that point like you know jeff was like what beaks whatever you want to do like you know you stay here like you know, if you don't want to have 40 guys yeah. and you just want to work with like, you know, the four, two fifty, four fifty guys, whatever, yeah. um, whatever, whatever, like whatever you want to do. Yeah, like yeah. if you want to just work with Chad Reed, he goes, you can just be Chad's guy. And I'm like, Jeff, that's not what I want. Like, I'm, I don't, I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Fox just to be James's guy. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, so anyway, so I ended up staying and then, you know, we go to Hangtown and like Scott Taylor's there and he's kind of rubbing it in and, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I might've made a mistake. Oh my God. So, oh yeah. Dude, I'm, all, I'm all over the place. I'm You're a disaster. Yeah, yeah. But you go, you go there and like Ricky wins and James wins. You're just like, man, I want to win. <laughs> I want to win too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so a few weeks go by and. I think I got a text from Scott Taylor and he's like, he goes, where's your head at? And then she's like, man, like, I think I made a mistake. And I'm like, I screwed up. Like, I want to come work with you guys and all that. So, so, you know, a few weeks, a few more weeks go by. Um, I'm at a photo shoot in, where am I? Oklahoma. And we're shooting uh, Travis Pastrana, and it's mm-hmm. me and Simon. It was like just Simon and, and myself were the only ones on the shoot. Cubby, Simon, Cubby. So we're in we're in our hotel room, and, and Simon knows. I like telling him everything that's going on. And right. Like, oh, fuck, dude. I'm. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm a yeah, mess. Yeah. yeah. And so we're sitting in the room, and my phone rings, and I'm like, it's Pete Fox, and I like I literally showed the phone <laughs> to Simon. I'm like. Pete's calling me. Yeah. So I take the call and he's like, okay, what's up? What are you doing? And he, and I told him I wanted to, you know, work for Fox. <laughs> he goes, he goes, okay, no more, no, no more drama. You're in, you're in. I'm like, I'm in. Okay. So now, and so this is probably like, yeah, I don't know, June. He yeah, goes, yeah. so we're like, okay, what's, what's your exit plan? I'm like, well, I think I need to work through the U S open. So like, I had like right. four or five more months. I had to like keep this under my, yeah, yeah. like not tell anyone. And, um, so yeah, so I ended up taking the job at Fox and it was really, it was really difficult, especially I, I, I made it worse. Did like you, I just had left. you known Stu? I should have just left. Yeah. Did you know no, Stu at all? No, not at all. Okay. No. And yeah. that was, I think part of my hesitation the, sure. the originally yep. was I didn't, I didn't really know James and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what I was really getting into, but everyone was saying how great it is and how much fun it is to work with them. I had J-Bone, like, dude, what's wrong with you? Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> you know, everyone, Tony Gardia, everyone was just like, dude, like, you're going to love it. Like, there's nothing to be scared of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like hindsight, looking back on it, like I definitely made it worse than it needed to be. Like, yeah. 
you know, and then, you know, at that point when Jeff and Hilton there, when found out I was leaving, they were like super like disappointed in me. And like, yeah, I could see that. Cause just cause that you had changed your mind, not the people leave all the time it happens yeah. it's it's normal thing but to to change your mind and come back and then to change it yeah. back i get it i get it right yeah yeah so that like you know that was it was but it was like man it was it was such a hard decision for me because i really really cared about all these people that i worked well, with well that's and, why it was yeah because you you lived and breathed in all of it you lived and breathed thor yeah, and, and everything it, right yeah you know and like you know i was like man this is my family and then yeah I just was what? like, but I I love Fox. Like I had this like <laughs> it was like calling me like come home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, like it. So it all went. It all like came to a head at the U.S. Open that year, and um, yeah, I remember like you know Hilton was super disappointed in me, and let alone like Chad. Like Chad oh, was getting married. Yeah, yeah. Chad was getting married in a couple weeks, and I was in his wedding, and I was just like, dude, like. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's happening you know yeah, and chat um, chat is not a guy to i think anyways to you know he's gonna he's gonna let you know and yeah no he was he he let me know he was you know not happy with me and i tried to you know tell him like dude it's not it's not me and you it's not like james and you it's like i just really want to work for the brand um i you know i just felt like you know it's a bigger brand it was out you know it it reached outside of moto um and i just felt that like yeah. going to fox would open more doors for me yeah. and expose me to more people uh-huh. in different industries yeah um all true that's thought, all true yeah. i just thought yeah. i could grow more there um than i would if i stayed at thor yeah um so that you know that's you know that i mean you, that's you, part of the reason why and you know i had a, i had a love for the brand you know what absolutely sucks though is that so, you know, and this is, I would think this is like this is any kind of industry or any kind of sport. I should say any kind of sport, not industry, is like you immediately can't talk to Chad Reed now. Like literally, you cannot you cannot be seen talking to him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was that was the reality that slapped me in the face. Yeah, at <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and and back then, um, so you had you had the Stewart crew you had the carmichael crew and you had the chad reed crew yes, yes. and there was this wasn't this wasn't jeremy and frode no anymore. no 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 those no. these three crews did not interact with each other no no there was like that you are not allowed to talk to those people it, it so like i remember early on when i was working with james um i i went over to talk to chad like after track walk yeah and big and big james stewart saw that Mm-hmm. And we when we got back to the Cowie truck, he's like, "Why were you talking?" He straight up was like, "Why are you talking to Chad?" Yeah, I was like, "I don't know, because he's friend." Yeah, because <laughs> like, I was in his wedding. I was in his wedding. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like I like cried on the dude's shoulder. Like, yeah, right. you know, he's you know that right then I knew okay, new set of rules. I know. So. I hate that part of it, man. I really do. Like, and I'm not just coming down on Big James because it'd be the same with the other people with Carmichael. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it'd be the same with all. I like, Ellie stop. Reed. Ellie Reed? Like, yeah, Ellie. Yeah, you about? think Ellie would be fine with that, right? Exactly. No, no, um, no. So. But just stop it, everybody. Stop it. This is this is serious stuff, yes, but this is also personal relationships and friendships, you know? Hey, but I'll tell you what. That was a really, really exciting time. Yeah, so, yeah it was. This, uh, it was just, man, like. I was in the media by then now. Yeah, I was now covering the stuff, sport. I wasn't a mechanic were, you anymore. Weren't, you weren't working with Timmy still? No, no. No, because this would have been Tim- like, oh, what? 
Oh, yeah. So- no, 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 no. This would have been oh five, oh six, oh seven. So oh, I, I was. Timmy, I was still Tim- working with Timmy. Yeah, yeah. I well, was. Did, did you work at Cali with Timmy? No, did not go to Cali. Okay. No. Okay. Um, the, I was still trying to manage the Sharpie stuff. I was still trying to figure out the Sharpie stuff. So, uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send Tim a life lifetime supply of Sharpies. Send him a box of a. You should send him a box of a hundred. Now that nobody talks to him or nobody cares about him, send him a box of a hundred. Just a little note. Just hey, I'm sorry about the Pandalian <laughs> incident. Please take these hundred Sharpies. To, like, forgive me, please. Um, so I, you know, James, James is James. Uh, you know, we all know where he's at now and everything else, but to be around that guy day in and day out back then must've been pretty special. Uh, absolutely just, you know, crazy good, um, shy guy though. Shy, not, you know, he talked about, he talked about putting the sport on his shoulders and being the face of it, but he didn't want to do it or he couldn't do it. Yeah, like the James that you you saw on a dirt bike, or the James that you saw like dancing after a race, mm-hmm. like that wasn't that wasn't like really his personality. No, that no. was like that was the showman James, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, those first—I mean, that first year, oh five, like that—that that was not fun. Like no, there was—I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. You know. Yeah, the injuries, um, you know, coming back, he, you know, he did win a couple of supercrosses that year, like, which mm-hmm. was, you know, that was special and awesome, you know, but then going to outdoors and, you know, riding JX250, yeah, yeah. That was tough. Like, I mean, that was tough on everyone. That was tough on, on James. That was, you know, which made it tough on the team, which made it tough on, you yep. know, yep. James's circle, like, you know, we none of us really understood why like this was happening, and like <laughs> we, because we all like the, you watch James ride, you're like this this kid is the best. Yeah, like, yeah, he can't be he can't, he can't be beat, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you, you, we would go to the races, and we're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. You know, yeah. he's hanging it out as much as he could, but you know, his you know his program wasn't the best back then either. So you mm-hmm. know, you had you had Ricky Carmichael firing all, on all cylinders. He had Alden Baker and like his program and he'd been in the class for so long. He already went through his like rookie struggle. So he was, you know, he was dialed and Chad had his, his team around him. Like he was, you know, dialed and you had James who was just going in on like raw talent, to be honest. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Not that he, I'm not saying he didn't train and, and do the things uh, that he needed to do, but it just wasn't at the level of what those two guys were doing. So. No, no, not at all. Right. Um. No. So that first year was really, was really, really tough. And, you know, I think, I think for all of us, like, you know, the stewards probably, they lost some trust in, in the team and Kawasaki just, you know, especially that summer being on a two stroke, even though, you know, I don't, I don't know the conversations that were had leading into there, not, yeah. them not having a four stroke and what was, yeah. you know, like the game plan, you know, but did you know, I, I think we all went into that outdoor season, like, okay, James is going to beat these guys on a, on a two fifty. Yeah, yeah I, I remember there being more debate. We didn't know, quote-unquote, we didn't know that four strokes were that big of an advantage back then. Like, I remember, you know, Kelly Smith, for example, uh, my old rider, he was riding that Easy Wider YZ250F and pulling so many starts and leading laps, and it got him a big deal at Yamaha Troy. And all of us were like, huh, I guess Kelly's just a good rider. And he is a good rider. I'm not doing this to slag him. 
But we didn't know how good those four strokes were back then, I don't think. Yeah, def- definitely. Like You know, we just thought, ah, you could there there may be a little better in some spots, but you could outride them. But James But sh- you gotta remember too, like the year before James was riding a one twenty five against, you know, yeah. those four strokes and he was beating them. Yeah. So I mean, we were like, Oh, you know, the kid's that good that he's yeah, gonna no. beat him on a two stroke, right? So, right, right. But yeah, that 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 first year was was hard on all of us and everyone was questioning what was going on even from like the fox side yeah yeah what are we doing it was not not easy because um you know we had the two camps right and yep yeah the carmichael's that were dialed right they were just clicking off everything they were great they were great at everything they were great at like racing they were great at interacting with you know, the brand, they were yeah. great with the media. And then, you know, we had, we had the Stewart team that was a little less experienced <laughs> and it's a very nice way of putting it. Beeks. <laughs> and you know, it was hard. Like, well, I was getting, I was getting questioned you like know. from, from, you know, Pete, like what the hell's going on? I'm right, like, right. What's and going, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. And he's like, I'm not paying you to tell me, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, Scott Taylor was really good back then at pulling the media guys aside and giving him a little oh. scoop or a little tip about Ricky that they could use. Or you know, if Ricky lost, there was a there was a lot of times oh, things yeah. things were floated out on why why Ricky lost. Uh, Scott well, did Scott well, did a good job on that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, and you know, luckily for me, uh, Scott and I were were always friendly and close. Uh-huh. And, you know, he he kind of took me under his wing. Um, so he was helpful for sure. Like just yeah. through his experience and all that, but like, but yeah, like you remember Unadilla 05 when the two Ricky yes. and James collided, like, yes. that was not, that was not good. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was not good. That was not a good day. And you know, there was like photos being like passed around at the podium. I don't know where they came from, but like. You know, Big James, you know, saw that and heard that and he was super upset. And, you know, he he thought it came from someone inside the Carmichael camp. And yeah, so it which it could like, have been. I mean, it could have been. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, OK, like, OK, this is yeah. getting super heavy now. And, um, you know, and I got Pete calling me while I was I'm driving back to my hotel that night. And just everyone was just like, dude, what is going on? Right. And right. Right. No, it was, it was tough. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And. and 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 the Stewarts, uh, part of it probably because they were African American and they did get treated like shit at times. I 100 percent would would think that they had a natural distrust of a lot of people, you know. Uh, yeah, whether yeah, they didn't they didn't they didn't really let a lot of people nope, in for sure. No, nope, nope, no, not at all. And where Ricky was, I think behind the scenes Ricky was uh, more ruthless than he let on. But uh, uh, oh yeah, in, oh, right, right, okay. Well, we know that. But Ricky, but in front of the fans and media, it was all shucks. Good guy. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but behind the scenes, it was a little bit more ruthless towards James and, and the team and everything else. So, God, Beeks, you're in the middle of it again. You're just in the yeah. middle of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it was a good experience. We all learned uh, a lot from it. And, yeah. You know, so, you, you know, that summer was hard. You know, James had some big crashes. And, you know, I think he was way more beat up than – yeah. any of us really knew and um you know he would he'd 
crash at a race and he'd be back the next weekend. Yeah. He probably should have, yep. he probably shouldn't have been, you know, trying to be a superhero and took right. some time off for his body to heal. Um, he, uh, yeah, that was, he just, he didn't like the spotlight much either. You know, you look at Malcolm and James, it couldn't, they couldn't be more different. It's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it's funny. Like, cause like when I would go to Florida and spend time with, spend time with them, you know, Malcolm was probably a, 14 15 yeah. years old maybe fishing into yeah. fishing yeah fishing but like dude, we'd have i'd have so much fun with like with with malcolm like yeah we whatever we'd be doing that day if we we're doing photo shoots or whatever like when you end and like you know james would go off and go in his house and do whatever he was doing and next thing you know like i'm on jet skis with malcolm out in the pond you know yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. messing around with this little kid but malcolm's always you know been yeah very did, friendly and funny and did you ever get to the point where you think james considered you like a good friend yeah i think after i think you know definitely in 05 i i don't think they trusted me very much right. um and and to be honest i probably wasn't um pro james stewart enough and maybe i was a little like too much in the middle yeah like between the stewart camp and fox yeah um so i think i think that first year was uh, pretty hard where they didn't fully trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that winter, like James and I had like a really honest and open conversation about like what happened the, the, during that Oh five season. And, yep. you know, I owned up to some things and was like, yeah, like I, I, I may have not been, mm-hmm. you know, pro James enough knowing that like the Carmichael camp, um, was so polished and like you said like yeah scott taylor was really good about like oh there's a little info oh and, yeah yeah for sure you know so yeah. uh, so like i was like okay i'm gonna set my game up all right? right so all right let's do this and 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 honestly i had a like conversation with my boss at the time um sandy egger and she's like hey just she goes take care of james just take care of james yeah james first like just just you know be yeah, there yeah. for him and like don't worry about trying to balance like Fox and James just yeah. just take care a of a little James. bit of I'm license like, okay. for, a little bit of license for you to yeah to do that right from your boss like yeah yeah you, yeah like right. you know I'm kind of new to this so sure so yeah so we had a, you know we had a honest conversation and I think he respected the fact that I didn't try to hide from anything I was just like I could honest I see where you're coming from I can get I understand where like you could question some things and where you know there was very competitive under the Fox umbrella between the, you know, James yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and Ricky. And like, I'm like, I got it. Like, yep. Like I, I'm here for you. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be better. So, you know, it's going into Oh six. Like I felt like we were in a really good place. And like, we, I honestly feel like we had an honest friendship mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I feel like over those next couple of years that we did get really close and he confided confided in a lot of things right. um, in me um that i don't think he would have he would tell someone that he didn't trust right um, oh, good yeah i i found him a tough guy to crack i was around the cowie truck a lot with red dog uh we had some private conversations that he was always cool always a nice guy um he used me for some podcasts that he wanted to get messages out and i thought he did a great job of that and i felt like i we you know we texted here and there but i never felt like i really knew him you know, and, yeah, and, and I think I think that was like for a lot of people. Yeah, I, you know, yep. like 
you know, behind closed doors when it was just like, you know, his, you know, his crew, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a really funny and yeah outgoing person. And, you know, I, I, he's probably one of the first ones that of our athletes that was really under the spotlight of his whole media, life. Yes. Yes. You know, the yeah. internet, like, you know, you know, the nineties and the eighties, they didn't have message boards. No. And, no. you know, and I think, and I think James got caught up a little bit on going on the moto talk back in the day and oh, like, yeah, yeah. see, seeing the stuff that people would say about him. And dude, like, he had a vital account. He had his own vital account. Like, I, what are you doing? And I think, I think that's, I think honestly, in my opinion, I think that's some of the stuff that like changed his personality from like think? his yeah. 125 days yeah, 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 to yeah. the big yeah. bike days right, where right. he started like, you know, focusing on some of the stuff that he shouldn't even like yeah. been in his, been on his radar. You think Tom Brady's um, doing any of that, you know, or any of these no, guys? No, no, he's like, no, no. you know, no, so he, he, so yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think that like, you know, him, I think that's, you know, yeah. kind of what changed him a little bit and yeah. made him a little more like, you know, guarded, close guarded. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, but God. man, he's, He's so talented on a dirt it must, bike. Well, I was just going there, B, because it must have been so awesome to be in Florida on a random Thursday and watch him uh, do stuff, you know? There's not there's not one time that I've been with him at a track where I – like we didn't go, oh, my gosh, did you see this? <laughs> did you see him do that? Did you see him? Did you see him? Did you see, him? Did you see that? Like, yeah. like, he, like the dude was like – no. like, an alien. It's not, he's not real. The yep. things that he would do, yeah. especially like at home, um, yeah, on I, tracks that he wrote, wrote all the time or at the Cowie test track. Yeah. We'd all just be like, that sucker is, <laughs> he's, he's, he's incredible. I, right? uh, I got, to, I got to see him a couple times in, in Florida and yeah, I treasure those moments where I'm just like, I'm watching this, this dude right now. Just, this is, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever been, I don't think there's ever been anybody I like him even now, even now I don't either. with, with the like, game raised, you know? I don't, I don't either. Um, he, you know, the, you just, we're always in awe of him. Just yeah. the way he'd hit a corner, the way he like will tap something, way like he would quad something I know, that's unquadable. You're so, like, what are you doing? So like Beaks, are we just living, are we old men like walking uphill to school both ways and we're not appreciating Kenny and Eli and AC and like, I, but I don't think so. I really don't. I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, he was. He was phenomenal. The things he would put together on a track. I mean, I mean, and you got to give James credit for being like, you know, just a once in a generation rider. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and and that's no knack against the guys that are racing today. It's just like he's he he literally changed the way people rode dirt. Oh bikes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you can 100% say that, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, you have any relationship with him now, today? No, we haven't talked in years. It's, and, it's sad, you know, huh? Yeah, it's very disappointing, and I, I wish it wasn't that way. I still talk to, you know, Big James yeah, and Malcolm yeah. when I see him. And yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, last year at, at uh, uh, Phoenix Supercross, I I, I, was, I went over and talked to Big James, see how I was doing, and you know, he, he, and he, he's like, he goes, you know what? We still talk about you. And I was like, Oh, that feels good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish the guy yeah. would come around. I, I, I have a theory that he's bitter at the way it ended, you know, got suspended. And I, you know, I, I have this theory that he's yeah. very bitter at this, but you know, that was on his own deal. That's why 
he got suspended because he didn't t- take care of the business. And and I get it, you're angry and all of that, but it's come back around, James. People would love it. People would love it, uh, and, and it would help Seven. It would help his gear company. I don't get uh, it. I, but. Uh, as as a friend, like a friend, I, you know, I can still sit. I can still sit her. Like I, I, I have no no like bad will towards James Stewart. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, the Fox thing ended. It didn't end the way any of us wanted it to end. Like Pete yep. didn't want it to end. I didn't want it to end. Yeah. Um, but like, I just want, I just want him to be appreciated the way he deserves to be appreciated. I agree. Like I for agree. what he's done and yep. who, like, you know, I just wish he could like get that love from the sport that he deserves. I, I know. And I just wish he would allow it to happen, but he doesn't and he's doing his thing and that's cool. You know, I mean, he told me one time on a podcast when he's done, he'll never come back around. And I kind of was like, yeah, whatever. And God damn it, he's right so far. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, in my podcast I did with Pete, you could tell James leaving for answer. Uh, oh, 2010? End of 2008. End of 2008, okay. Um, yeah. It really hurt Pete, for sure. He... Didn't oh, quite, oh, it, it, yeah, he didn't quite know what happened. It hurt all of us. Yeah, it all, it hurt all of us, and I, I will definitely. I was part of part of that those negotiations, so like, it it was hard, and you know the Stewarts had, they had, things that they wanted that, and it just didn't make sense um, to do the level that they wanted to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly feel that Pete did everything he could to try to make it happen. Um, and I, and I honestly think we would have got really close to what they wanted. Um, but I think they got frustrated with us and, yeah. and decided to just go a different direction. You know, that, that's the year that James, uh, hurt his knee in supercross. Mm-hmm. And, um, we actually, so that was, uh, Anaheim two, I think that year, yep. um, by Anaheim three, we actually had an offer to him, um, for like another three yeah. or three or four year. I don't remember what it was, but right. like, um, and I, we all, we all felt we were in a good place. And, um, you know, as, as the year went on and, you know, the Cowie thing wasn't going to get renewed. Right. Um, there was, you know, I know he was talking to Roger at Suzuki and he was, and he, he told me about the, the Yamaha deal. And, you know, so then we had to like start all over because now he was going to do super cross only. only. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, as Fox, they feel like they're losing, um, some of the, what the, the exposure and what yeah. they were paying for. So there was like, okay, what if we brought you to here, you know, and then, you know, like they would wanted to cut his base, you know, some, yeah. uh, not, not crazy. It wasn't like in half. Um, but you know, James had told us he wanted to do some overseas races and he wanted to do this and that. And we're like, okay. So we, we cut his base a little bit and we're like, put in there like okay do this race this race and this race and you can get back to what like yeah what you were at what you yeah. where you're at because we actually felt that like okay if you're gonna go do a gp and you're gonna do bercy and yep. you're gonna go do this that's huge value for fox yeah and great exposure for right. the brand right. because now you're global and you can like bounce out and like interact with you know new customers and some of our dealers from these other places in the world so we we thought that would be awesome um but he, he, he couldn't, he wouldn't agree to it. Like he wouldn't, he's like, he would tell us like, yeah, I'll do that stuff, but you can't put it in my agreement. 
Yeah, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so you know, yeah. like, so it just kind of like, I think yeah. everyone just got a little bit frustrated, and it's unfortunate. And you know what? I, I mean, oh, go ahead. I mean, and and I'll, I'll give Pete a lot of credit that he he really really tried, um, you know. And then like one night, one night, like in I don't even know October maybe, um, like we both got a text from James saying that he was he thanked us for everything we had done for him and he was going in a new direction. <laughs> and like you know, I think we were both like mad at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. And hurt. Well, Pete and... on the podcast, Pete sounded legitimately really sad, like someone had killed his dog. You know, oh yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. he's sad. He was still sad to yeah. this day, right? I think we got the text around the same time, and then it, we're talk, we're calling each other. He's like, "Did you get this?" I go, "Yeah, I got that." And he, we're just like, "Dude!" And like, you know, like it's James Stewart, dude. He's like the best guy in the sport, and and you know, Ricky just retired. Like, we're like, "Oh my gosh, what what are we gonna do?" Yeah. Um. But yeah, there was definitely, we were sad and heartbroken. And like, I was, I was more sad for Pete because of, you know, the long relationship he'd had oh, yeah. with, with, with James and the family. And yep. I never, I never thought that that, that would happen that, you know, he would leave, you know, like, uh, well, there's too much history. Well, right? and, 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 you know, and nothing against answer who picked them up, but they're taking, they're picking up a guy that's literally been branded for 20 years. And they're putting gear on them, and I get it, you know, but it's just not the same. I don't know if it ever caught on. It just, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where if I had a brand in 2020, if I owned a brand, I'd, I'd be wary of picking up a guy like James that had, had a relationship with somebody for that long, uh, for yeah. anything. You just can't. I don't know, man. Just would never, never seem the same. Yeah, no, it's, I, you know, it, it was, it was just a really hard yeah. period of time for us. It, you know, and that actually helped uh, Pete and my my relationship because um, uh, we literally would check in on each other every day for like a month. Like, <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a little bitter today, yeah. but like I'm still like right in shock. You know? And, yeah. Um, you know, and so like that. So now we had to scramble. Right? We're losing James Stewart. You can't mm. replace James no, Stewart. No. How are we gonna? in this like we're like (laughs) like, (laughs) you guys got about as lucky as as anybody could in replacing well well yeah but let's not let's not skip over the part where we were gonna we were trying to sign jason lawrence oh you were oh yeah so you know we so we're we we officially lost james so we knew we we knew we weren't going to get James and, and, you know, in that summer we actually started talking to Dunge and Gardia. Okay. Um, and, you know, he was staying with James at the time living there. Yep. They were spending a lot of time together. Yep. And, um, you know, and at, at one point during the summer, James was like, Hey, you guys need to sign Dunge. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so we came to, we, we entered that Dungey conversation pretty late um, because they were pretty far along with uh, one industries at the time. Right. And, you know, and being the person that Ryan is and Tony is and like, they were kind of like, you know, they were already like, we were so far along with one and we don't feel comfortable like going back on what we've already committed to with those guys. Yeah. So, so, you know, like we're going to admit we're missing out on Dunge. Um, and so plan B was Jason, <laughs> Jason Lawrence. And, and so, 
we had met with Scott Subkovic. He rolled up to Fox in his Ferrari, and we were just like, oh, my gosh. Um, so we had a good conversation with, with, with Scott. And, um, uh, we, you know, Jason at the time was very, uh, like, polarizing, yeah. I guess you would say. And, um, yeah, he's not James Stewart. Um, but, you know, he had won the Supercross title that, that season. Mm-hmm. and. He had a lot of style and he had a lot of attitude. Oh, he did, yeah, and, yeah. And you know, he had a lot of fans, and so we were, you know, we were going to do the deal with Jason, and he actually raced. Uh, I believe he raced in Bercy and Fox, um, at least one night. I don't know if he okay. did all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know, we we had he had signed an LOI with us, mm-hmm. and um, so part of the, his deal was we were going to pay for Rhino to be his trainer. Okay. Um, so Rhino and I were like in constant communication with each other, like because we know we know Jason yeah. can get off rails. Yes, and, yes, um, of course. So Rhino was kind of our like, you know, uh, he would. Your your Jason our, Whisperer, your Lawrence, yes, the Jason Whisperer, Whisperer, yeah, right. So um, I remember. So it was it was Thanksgiving weekend, and it was like Wednesday, and Ryan Ryan calls me and he's like, "Hey, I haven't seen Jason in in almost two weeks." And I'm like, oh no, oh no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. He's like, I've gone to his house. He's not answering. I don't know what's going on. Um, so now I'm starting to try to call Jason, and he's not hitting me up. And and Ryan is like, hey, I'm calling Pete. I'm like, don't call Pete yet. Let's wait till we get through the weekend. <laughs> like, let's see what happens over the next four days. Yeah. Because because Ryan's like, dude, I can't do my job. He's not going to be ready for Anaheim. Yeah. Like, yeah. This ain't good. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's not like. Just, just keep, freak keep out. out of it. As lo- just keep them out as long as we can. So um, <laughs> we get to the weekend. No one's heard from Jason. No one can find him. Monday morning. Like even Dang, like morning. you're calling Dang at this point too. I oh, imagine. everyone. Yeah, yeah everyone. Right. Every- no one knows where the kid is. And, you know, he's at home, like not answering the phone. Um, so 8 a.m. Monday morning, my phone rings and it's Pete Fox. He's like, <laughs> Ryan called me. And I'm like, oh, God <laughs> Dang it, Ryan! Ryan, we had a plan, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Pete's like, "You need to call Sipkovic, and you need to find out what's going on." I'm uh-huh. like, "Okay." So I call Scott. So then Scott get into it on the phone, and first time I like, I probably ever been really like frustrated and mad at someone. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Got a good so, good training like, for what you're doing now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's all this is all building blocks to where I get to today, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, so. Yes. So, you know, Scott and I get into it on the phone and then like, you know, we're like, Pete's frustrated. I'm frustrated. No one's talking to Jason. He won't get back to anyone. And, um, so like Pete's like, all right, we're, we're going to pull this offer. And, and I'm like, ah, let's not do, Hey, my, my headphones are, I think are going to die. Um, okay. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, one of them just died. Um, (laughs) Uh, anyway, so I'm like, hey, let's not do that yet. Yeah. Um, like, let me try to talk to the kid. Like, let's like, let's see what's going on, where his head's at. So I go to meet him. Remember that uh, Ryan had a supercross track out at, um, the Paglius. Uh, no, it wasn't oh, there. It was oh. out, um, oh, where, what was that track called? I don't know. It was out in the desert. Okay. By, uh, anyways, uh, Kahia. it was out by Kahia. Okay. Um, and, um, 
so I go and go and meet him there. And Jason and I go in the front of the box man and start talking. And the first thing he says to me, he doesn't even like, he's just like, how dare you talk to my manager that way? <laughs> I said, what? He goes, you would never, he goes, you would never talk to Ricky Carmichael's manager that way. And I go, I would never have to have a conversation with Ricky yeah. Carmichael manager about this. Yeah. And so I said, and I looked at him and said, well, I guess there's nothing left to talk about. So I got out of the, got out of the box van, got in my car, started driving back to the office, called Pete. And I said, I ain't working We're with done. that kid. Wow. I didn't know all this. I didn't know this. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, Sepkovic, uh, not doing a great job with his clients over the years, uh, making, well, them, making mean, them some money, but not, uh, not really helping them out in my opinion. Um, well, maybe not with, with J-Law. Um, wow. So, okay. So Dunge, they're down the road. J-Law, the Fox thing falls apart. They go to one industries. Uh, Dunge is already there. Dunge is kind of their poster child uh, for their gear, and uh, and then he rides one race in one industries. Yeah, and and they're so, like, "What is Jlar doing in one?" And and you know, it's it's a it's an all timer as far as uh, blunders go for companies. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it, yeah. So you know, Jason ends up signing with the one industries with yeah. Dunge and. You know, I you know we hear rumors that Ryan wasn't very happy that they brought Jason on and all that. But so we go to Anaheim one, yeah, and so we we Fox had signed um, Geico that year, so we had Geico and, and Ivan Tedesco. So we were excited to have the Geico team. They, yep, you know they had a they had a really rad young group of guys, and so that you know we were excited about that. So. I heard something happen at press day on Friday or was it was Thursday. Maybe it was, it must've been Thursday. Okay. And, um, that Dunge like was super upset and like threw his gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and I, and I, and, and I, and, and I'm not in the loop. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So like, so there's some stuff happening behind the scene that I'm not aware of. And, um, Friday night, I'm leaving the track, and I get a phone call from um, from Pete. He's like, "Hey, did you hear anything today?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like uh, "Not really. Like, I mean, just no. Like, what what are you, what yeah. are you getting at?" Yeah. And he's like, "He's like, hey, I'm going to dinner with Tony Gardia." I'm like, "Well, why are you going to dinner with Tony Gardia?" <laughs> That's odd. <laughs> And he's like, he goes, he goes, it sounds like the, the one industry thing is ending. So we're going to try to put a deal together to sign Dunge. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and he's like, don't sit, don't tell anyone. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, how am I not supposed to tell anyone? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, th- you know, even that, so. So Tony was working on uh, a termination with one at the time that right that yeah. night too, and so I believe Friday night he came to some agreement with those guys to like terminate the deal, and then um, you know they and, he, and apparently one was like yeah that's fine JLR's our guy apparently yeah no no I remember yeah. um, it was oh what's his name uh, uh yeah I know who you mean. <sighs> oh man well anyways he comes up to me the one was, guy uh, Calsworth uh, Calsworth. At on Saturday yeah. at the race, and 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 was like, "Good luck with that." Whatever he called him, I won't say what he said, but yeah. like you know, 
talking crap about Dunge. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with him. We got we're 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 going with J Law. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm like, all right, well we'll take Dunge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and so I just remember like going to meet with Ryan on um that Monday to get him fitted yep. for for gear and like he was they were he was renting a townhouse and you know it was him his mom and tony gardia and man it was just like a i was super nervous mm-hmm. and like excited and i was just like like man this is rad and yeah and you know he put the gear on and you know he was he's you know like we were all like man this is so exciting and like meant to almost like meant to be you know and it was i'll never forget that that you know, that being there with him and his mom was just like, you know, he's always wanted to wear a Fox. Yeah. I can't believe this is happening. And, right. You know, and like, man, here we are, like signing Dunge and, you know. And to be fair, I guess a little bit to the one guys, Sepkovic was holding the monster licensing deal over there, I guess. So, yeah. so that was yeah. a lot of money. You know, this made, yeah, yeah, this yeah, made gear sure. companies a lot of money. Um, yeah, to, yeah. Oh, yeah. To use the claw. It, trust me. Trust me. Like we right. did some stuff with Monster and Ricky Carmichael, and yeah, it was a, it was a good business. Yes, so. yes, yes. So, so there was a little bit of that in their choice of J Law over Dunge. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, you get this Ryan Dungey kid, and look, he he was already a national champion and a Supercross champion, so it wasn't like you guys plucked him out of nowhere. But no, nobody, nobody, no, not yet. No, he had he hadn't won he hadn't won the title yet. His I thought he won Super- the outdoor no. title. He had won the he won the he won the outdoor title in '09. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. No, the so, year before I didn't. Uh, I think Canard won. Ah, that's right. You're right. My bad. So yeah, exactly. So Dunge at this point has nothing as far as championships. And, no. And and then becomes one of the all time all timers. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. like we get definitely, like I said, like earlier, like you know, sometimes you know, I feel like we Pete got lucky or we got Fox got lucky, yep. and yep. this is one of those yeah. uh, times where like it was just meant to be. Like you know, we missed out. We lose. We lose James that that winner. We missed out on Cyan and Ryan. He's going to go ride for One Industries. Yeah, you know, and, and then it turns out, you know, a few months later, like Ryan's in Fox, goes on to win the Supercross title, goes on to win the outdoor title that year. Yeah, goes to Motocross the Nations and rides a 450 for the first time. Wins, wins it, yeah. wins that with yeah. what they called the B team. Like, man, it was what yeah. a what a incredible way to start a relationship so. yeah uh nuts and and we're gonna have to do a part two here beaks we're gonna have to do a part two <laughs> there, there's a lot i got a lot i gotta talk about kenny i want to talk more about dunge i want to talk more about james of course um what about what am i we'll end on this story too uh, a couple years ago one of my favorite beaker stories um we're at the circle bar at hard rock after oh. a u.s open and, and Bradshaw's there. Damon Bradshaw's there. And, of course, Bradshaw left Fox for AXO in, like, I don't know, 92, I think? Yeah, 90? Uh, yeah, something. Whatever. I was a kid. I was a kid. And, and we're, we're, we're a few beverages deep at this point. And oh, yeah, it's probably, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah, J- JT's there. And we're talking, and we're like, hey, Beaker effed you. Beaker left. Oh, he effed you. You 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 should have been Fox. You should have stayed at Fox. You know, blah 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 blah. And you were like, I was ten. 
<laughs> and Bradshaw was cursing you out. Bradshaw was cursing you out. You're like, hey, I was 10 years old. <laughs> you yeah. should have stayed yes. with Fox. Yeah, you should have stayed. Where'd you guys get the deal done? Yeah. yeah, and then you were like saying, can we do the deal again? Let's do it again. <laughs> and we're all just, oh, we're all like kind of hammered. And, and, and Bradshaw, his mother effing you oh, for, yeah. for leaving oh, Fox in 1991 <laughs> for Axel. Well, sometimes you just got to take it on the chin. I know. We're blaming you. It's hilarious. It's a yeah, great story. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. One of my idols growing up is just literally yelling at me for like, <laughs> something like, I something pete did that. something pete did yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah oh it's good times um well thanks man thank you for we're gonna do part two down the road for sure hopefully it will it will not take as long to line up part two because i okay. i want to talk about uh the retro stuff with kenny and getting rocks in and and all of that and and more dunge talk for sure um, yeah, and, and 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 like some of the motocross nation stuff yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent. and and maybe we'll we'll get red dog on the line to talk about sharpie gate Oh, gosh. Uh, thanks for the time, Beeks. I really appreciate okay. it. Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. The family, the new agency that uh, Chris Onstott now working for. Uh, first client, Chase Sexton, one of many, I'm sure, down the road. Uh, you're going to do a great job of this. I know it. Uh, you have a lot of respect in the industry. A lot of people like dealing with you. you got to get a bit meaner. We know that. But that can also be Steve's job. So there we go. <laughs> that, could be Steve, that could be Steve's job. Uh, good cop, bad cop. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, man. Hey, thanks for the time, Beeks. Really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Uh, I enjoyed uh, talking talking with you guys. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. 
Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months 